He smiled and suddenly thought himself foolish for idealizing her earlier. Navani Colin was not some timid, perfect ideal. She was a sour storm of a woman, set in her ways, stubborn as a boulder rolling down a mountain, and increasingly impatient with the things she considered foolish. He loved her the most for that. For being open and genuine in a society that prided itself on secrets. She'd been breaking taboos and hearts since their youth. At times, the idea that she loved him back seemed as surreal as one of his visions. Heroes of presents The Storm Pod, a Stormlight Archive podcast. Book three, Oathbringer. This is just a quick spoiler warning for the prologue and chapter one of Oathbringer. Oh my God. This is so awesome. Okay. Um, I'm really excited for Jack to read this book. Now, I was excited for Jack to read Words of Radiance because it's my favorite book. And there's, you know, you you guys know, there's so many awesome moments in Words of Radiance that I was just, I couldn't believe that we were going to read it together and he was going to give me these live reactions. But Oathbringer is is heavy and it's kind of epic at the end. Um, and Jack is so invested now that I'm, I just can't wait. I'm, <laughs> I don't even know how, what to say guys. I'm so excited. So if you haven't caught up on your reading yet, make sure that you do make sure you don't pick the wrong episode. Cause we don't want you being spoiled and make sure as always, everyone to enjoy the episode. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Sean Q, and he's the most powerful spren on Roshar. It's Jack. What's up, man? How are you doing? Dude, I'm so excited. I'm the most powerful spren, am I? Yeah, wow. dude. I'm the surge binder, and you're my feel, spren. Feel... <laughs> I'll take I'll do you're it. My sp- Can my I turn dude. into like all kinds of interesting gizmos and gadgets as well? Yeah, like um, uh, yeah. shard rods and shard sporks and stuff. <laughs> Shard Sporks. Yeah. I just watched uh, Toy Story 4 the other day, and I fell in love with Sporky again. It's for- uh, yeah. No, it's, it's Forky. forky. It's, I think it's Sporky. No, it's Forky. It's Forky? It is a Spork. It, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it's But it's called it's Forky. forky. All, right, all right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll fork this conversation. I, I, I'm getting it wrong. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Oathbringer, dude, are you excited or what? This, I'm really excited. Yeah. Yeah. Like, super excited. Um. I wrote in my journal like a new, a new, a new adventure, a new uh, saga begins, mm-hmm. and yeah, I couldn't be more excited. The cover's amazing. I believe that's Yasna on I think the cover. I probably know right? that you're right because I mean, it looks so, exactly what Yasna's supposed to look like. It does. So that's amazing. It's uh, it's badass being badass, right? <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So I'm super excited about that. Um, prologue. Yeah, this is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Let's not talk about the prologue I... just yet. I have something oh, else you we got should talk else. about. Yeah. So I okay, have. Yeah, I have a very different copy than you have. 
You're using you're what you have the soft are you cut, holding up? You have the paperback. I got the original hardcover yeah. when it was released. So I wanted to talk about the book. We always do this. We always talk about the, yeah. the differences in our book. So I don't know if you mm-hmm. can see in the video, but I have the embossing here on my. Uh, so yeah. it's another sigil of the Knights Radiant. Maybe you'll see it better if I do this. Uh, if you tilt. Uh... No, that looks like okay. Uh, <laughs> it's just a book. It's me shining some kind of laser. A flashlight it looks like you're book. trying to. It actually looks like you're trying to burn ants. Is what. what well, it's kind I, of I, like. I, regardless of whether you could see it or not, it's gorgeous. Um, the other thing it's I wanted gorgeous. to show okay. you is I have some in. I have some cover art on the inside. Ooh, of so two I heralds. Do not have that. Of yeah, interesting. Yezrian, the king of the heralds. Yeah. And yeah. Shalash, the herald of beauty. Shalash. Mm-hmm. Mm. I have. I saved these That's... pictures. I found them on the. Um, I found them on the the internet, and I will send them to yeah. you after the show, so you can get a better look at them. Yeah. Cool. I, I. I have. I do not have that. Yeah. What I have is a beautiful map of Roshar, and mm-hmm. then I have. I think, the only other image is the preface image, which we've seen before in the other books. Right. It's the. Um, so, it's kind of the iconic. The di- um, Parshendi standing on a figure plateau. on the cliff's edge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so let's get into the prologue. That's really cool. So what do you think of the pro- about the prologue right off the bat? Uh, so right off the bat, so I like that, like what I picked on the most with, with this prologue was that Eshenai exhibits so many uh, personality uh, characteristics of the other characters. Mm-hmm. Like there are moments in here where she's expressing and being like Lyft. Right. And there are moments in here where I think she's a bit like Dalinar. It's interesting um, when all all these characters come from the same mind. Sometimes mm-hmm. you find familiarity between these characters because they're you know they all are part of him in a way, right? So yeah. so maybe there's yeah. a little bit of that, but maybe you're also maybe he's trying to uh, humanize um, Eshenai even more by making her relate to some of the other characters we already like because before she was the villain and now she, we know well that she was not necessarily trying to be villainous; she was trying to help her people and stuff, right? Right. And, and what I, what I'm fishing for, like my, my first prediction is that, is that, is Esh and I going to be a Knight's Radiant? Okay. Well, we, we talked about this in the last book. You were like, are we going to get yeah. to see, um, Esh and I, even though she seemed to have died, she fell off the, the top of the uh, chasm, uh, when fighting. At yeah. Edelman, that's and, not the end of her. I don't and, think. and well, I said to you that with the way that he writes the series, no character mm-hmm. is ever gone. They might be dead, but no character is ever really gone because we have the advent of flashbacks. So like mm-hmm. this prologue is a flashback. So even if, let's say, Eshenai is dead at the hands of Adolin fighting at the, um, the big battle of the Everstorm, um, right. th- we still get to see her. She's still in the story, just like Gavilar was, just like Yasna yeah. was when we thought she was dead. Right. These characters don't really ever go away because we have these flashbacks. Um, so we get right. to see, this is one of my favorite aspects of these, the, the series so far So the prologue mm. is always a different character's perspective from that banquet, that treaty banquet where right. Zeth yeah. killed Gavilar. It always comes back to that. And I really it, love that. It that's really, really does. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how Gavilar continues to exist too. Yeah. Oh, I just had some bleeps here. Hang on a second. Yeah. What's going on there? Bleepy. Yeah. What's on bleepy bleeperton this morning. Okay. Let's, uh, let, let's try to get rid of that. Okay. Let's get rid of the bleeps. Okay, so six years ago, this prologue to Oathbringer begins. Mm-hmm. Eshenai had always told her sister that that was 
certain something wonderful lay over the next hill. I really like this beginning. Yeah. Something wonderful lay over the next hill. Then one day she'd crested the hill and found humans. What do you think about that? Well, we... They only having one form, this kind of observation. We've talked... This is a great beginning. I really like this. It's awesome. And, And one of the things that it does is it sets up this... It adds to this conversation we've had before. When we mm. talk about who discovered the Parshendi, mm. there have been many different thoughts on that from the beginning, right? Remember we talked about this before where Gavilar says he did and Yasna finds in the, in the thing that it says it's, it was actually Davil, uh, Dalinar and the scholars right. say they've always known about the Parshendi, but so they, they weren't really discovered. And now Eshenai is flipping it on everybody and saying, I discovered the humans. Right, right, right. Yeah. So it's another, it's another like another thing to add to this whole. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She'd always imagined humans as sung in the songs as dark, formless monsters, but instead they were wonderful, bizarre creatures. They spoke with no dis- discernible rhythm. They wore clothing more vibrant than carapace, but couldn't grow their own armor. They were so terrified of the storms that. Even when traveling, they hid inside vehicles. Mm-hmm. I really like this, that they're like afraid, they're hiding inside of the vehicles. I kind of imagined like, you know, like, uh, like great shells, like cars, mm-hmm. uh, like, w- like, like when they go in a carriage and they're just, they're always in a state of fear. Right. Um, they're always however, hiding. that contrasts, um, uh, Dalinar's observations of, of Kolinar in chapter one. Right. Where he's looking at this as like, you know, it's, it's always stood out against the winds, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, uh, boldly braving the storm, saying, right. like defying the winds. But right? Eshenai sees people I'm as hiding from later. them. Yeah. But she's seeing them as, as high as people that hide. Mm-hmm. And of course we, we pick up on that from Shalon, like not wanting to be hiding mm-hmm. all the time, or actually she did want to hide. Yeah. Um, and as well as, uh, as lift. You know, wanting to hide and not, not be accountable, not be responsible because that brings right <laughs> things that she doesn't want. Like friends. Um, like, <laughs> like humans. Um, most remarkably, they had only one form. What do you think about that observation? Well, I mean, it, it, it is what humans are, right? Right. And the, the, um, the amazing thing is that these listeners have forms for different kinds of things things for tasks Mm -hmm. and humans have to do all those things with this one form and she finds that crazy i love what she says um she first assumed the humans must have forgotten their forms forgot like they had the ability to have them but they must have forgotten how to do them i really like that yeah i think that's really cool they built an instant kinship between them based on that um but then of course she realized that they didn't they weren't forgetting they only had the one form right um, but then she also comments in a minute here how it's multiple forms all at once. Right. Yeah. That's and really the cool. chaos, I guess, that ensues from that. Mm-hmm. It's not organized, right? Like you've got mate form, work form, doll form all at the same time. Yeah. Um, now over a year later, Esh and I hummed to the rhythm of awe as she helped unload drums from the cart. They traveled a great distance to see the human homeland and each step had overwhelmed her further. That experience culminated here in this incredible city of Kolinar and its magnificent palace. 
the cavernous unloading docks where they arrived. There were 200 listeners packed in here, and it still hadn't filled the place. So, yeah, this is a very big city, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It is. Um, the treaty where the two peoples, uh, the treaty where their two peoples uh, were, were, were being signed in, the, in this event where it was being witnessed. So I like that we're back to that moment again. But as I mentioned to you earlier before we start recording, I didn't pick up on anything new. Right. So I'm hoping you can help me out there because I didn't draw any new conclusions. She I stepped it, out of I the wagon. I think it's just expanding sorry. on a lot of the stuff that we already figured out. Yeah, that's kind of how I felt with this prologue is I didn't, I wasn't really like re, uh, re, revelatory mm-hmm. um, to we me. Get a, it was more like... We get a very, very specific detailing of how it came about, why they killed Gavilar. Like before it was all right. just kind of like we right. think that's true. And that, and this prologue gives us a definite answer as to why he literally lays out what he's going to do. Eshenai is like, screw that. We can't do that. And then right. they kill him. So she steps out of the wagon, looking around the loading dock, humming to excitement. I'll never get tired of the songs. It's so great. Mm-hmm. She told Venley that she was determined to map the world. I like that. Mm-hmm. I like I like thinking about Eshenai in that way. Like she wants to see the world, map the world. Mm-hmm. That's a bit of her character that we didn't really get before. Mm-hmm. It's really it's a really um, neat de- detail. She'd imagined a place of natural discovery: canyons, hills, forests, and lates overgrown with life. Yet all along, this had been out here, waiting just beyond their reach, along with more listeners. Right. So that's also interesting too. Is that it seems that her people were living a life and then weren't really, I guess, aware that Kolinar had existed. Mm-hmm. Is that how I'm to interpret that? Well, I, I so sorry, say that, that again. Over the, that, that over the hill, there was this other, you know, people, this other. Well, what's, what she's saying here is that, um, that there were this whole other world and more listeners. And by the more listeners she's talking about are the ones that are enslaved yeah. by the humans. She's talking Indu- about the parchment. Right. Oh, right? I, oh, I know. Okay, I, okay. Know. I thought you, maybe you meant um, like another tribe of people like them. No, no. Okay, okay. No, no. When Esh and I had first met with the humans, she'd seen the little listeners that they had with them, a hapless tribe who were trapped in dull form. Mm-hmm. Esh and I had assumed that the humans were taking care of the poor souls without songs, Oh, how innocent those first meetings had been. Right. Yikes. Yeah. To go yeah. from, oh, look, that's really sweet. These Alethi are taking care of these people because they don't have right. any songs to, they're just being... oh, no, they're subjugating them. <laughs> and they're, they're, yeah. they're, they own them. Right. Right. Uh, those captive listeners had not been merely some small tribe, but instead representative of an enormous population. So this is interesting. And the humans had not been caring for them had been representative of an enormous population. What I want to talk about there is, has there been a, like a great culling of this people that happened prior, that resulted in the Parshman being in dull form, being We kind of already to... know that. We kind of already know that um, Yasna told Shalon in her, uh, in her, like, through her book and stuff, um, that that the void bringers yeah. were 
that the parchment were the void bringers and that at some point humans were able to like kind of force them into a submission and make them these doll forms that they so when she says there's a huge population guess, there's parchment all over roshar and they've right. been turned into slaves they used to be right. what riazna calls void bringers and that they right. were they, 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 we didn't beat the void bringers we enslaved them is what we did so what i i guess what i was sort of thinking about there was you know having this great population and then of course i was thinking of the black thorn like to what extent did the black thorn contribute to this it's um, kind of what I was thinking about. It sounds like that this is not a, n- a new thing within Dalinar's right. lifetime. This within has Dal- happened okay. over, you know, thousands Millennia. of years ago. Who, we, yeah. we don't know. Okay. We don't know for sure exactly how long ago it was, but I think okay. it was well, well, well out of Dalinar's lifetime. Okay. The humans owned them. A group of these parchment, as they were called, clustered around the outside of Eshenai's ring of workers. They keep trying to help. Git, is it Gitgeth? Gitgeth, yeah. Gitgeth said to curiosity. He shook his head, his beard sparkling with ruby gemstones that matched the prominent red colors of his skin. The little rhythmless ones want to be near us. They sense that something is wrong with their minds, I tell you. Mm-hmm. Esh and I handed him a drum from the back of the cart and then hummed to curiosity herself. She hopped down and approached the group of parchment. You aren't needed, she said to Peace, spreading her hands. We would prefer to handle our own drums. The ones without songs looked at her with dull eyes. Go, she said to pleading, waving towards the nearby festivities where listeners and human servants laughed together. Despite the language barrier, humans clapped along to listeners singing the old songs. Enjoy yourselves. Mm-hmm. Really if cool. you looked, yeah, it is neat. At first, when when, when I read that, I thought, oh, because um, I wasn't used to hearing, you know, parchment and, and human um, servants like laughing together. And I thought, like, are they alluding to a time where parchment and other human servants were, you know, coexisting uh, and yeah, like more prevalent that that other humans were more prevalent as servants that they might be hinting um, at it that that might have happened way back when. Um, it mm. is nice to see that there was for a brief time here where these two peoples kind of got along, mm-hmm. and before things devolved into to uh, the vengeance pack and war and stuff. So it won't work, Brianlia said to skepticism, resting her arms across a drum nearby. They simply can't imagine what it is to live. They're pieces of property to be bought and sold. What to make of this idea, slaves? Clade, one of the five, had gone to the slavers in Kolinar and purchased a person to see if it was truly possible. He hadn't even bought a parchment. There had been a lethe for sale. Apparently the parchment were expensive and considered high-quality slaves, the listeners had been told this as, it, as if it were supposed to make them proud. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah, that's... <laughs> oh, like... Are, <laughs> by the way, your, your, your people happen to be very good at being slaves. So yeah, they're did, very you know? expensive slaves, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yikes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so she hums to curiosity, and 
nodded to the side, looking toward the others. Gitgeth smiled and hummed a piece, waving for her to go. Everyone was used to Eshenai wandering off in the middle of jobs. This is where I'm going to be bringing up the sound of music again. Okay. She's a Maria. This is, this is, how do you I, catch a cloud and pin it well, down? How do you, I mean, how do you solve a problem like Maria? I, I, I don't, I, I, don't I, I don't think you can. You don't? It's too much calculus. You don't solve it. <laughs> yeah. And you don't like math. So it was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like Maria. I like Maria. I don't know if I like, I don't Me know if plus I like Maria is too um, much math. It could be, although I would delight in her, um, I just, in her dervish. Like, I just want someone to take my curtains and make me a cute outfit with it. Is that too much to ask? <laughs> I know, right? Curtains. Well, like, come on. Just, what's the deal? Let's just do this. Let's see if Sanderson brings curtains in this. <laughs> um, it was, <laughs> so Esh and I wandering off in the middle of jobs. So this, this to me was, I don't know, it kind of felt like lift a little bit. Yeah. Like a little distracted going around. I'm like, okay. Um, it wasn't that she was unreliable. Well, perhaps she was but at least she was consistent. Regardless, she'd, she'd been wanted at the king's celebration soon anyway. She was one of the best among the listeners at the dull human tongue. Yeah, what do you think of this? Kind of almost speaks to what, <clears throat> pardon me, to what Lyft was saying about, well, you don't want to become reliable on you know, a given task or something because... Because then people are going to want you to do stuff and... Right, yeah. then they have expectations and you have yeah. to meet and exceed... Speaking the human tongue made her important, and people who grew too important couldn't be allowed to go off chasing the horizon. Right. That definitely reminded me of Lyft. Mm-hmm. Who, she has a, like a wanderlust just like uh, Lyft does, right? Yeah, and, and, and because we get a little more window into Eshenai here, and because I think that it's slightly intentional that we're c- making little connections between the other characters, it means that Eshenai is like the other characters. Mm-hmm. The other characters are exhibiting Knight's radiant qualities. So Esh and I might be worthy or, you know, exhibiting those qualities if she breaks storm form or anyways, I'm just extrapolating. I'm just, yeah, you know, hey, you, it's, you it's, do, a, it's you a hope you. of mine. It's I'm doing me. Yeah. Okay. Okay. She left the, un- the unloading bay and walked up the steps into the, into the palace proper, trying to take in the ornamentation, the artistry, the wonder of the building. Beautiful and terrible. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. About majesty. It's very gaudy and stuff. And like, well, don't you always feel kind of like that? Like, like whenever you see something big and grand and beautiful, and then you look at it and you go, wow, that's amazing. But at the same time, you can go, yeah, but why, why is this here yeah like yeah. all this effort yeah and and i think it they they, they, they sort of bring this up like it's kind of like you know with all of these with all these slaves people that you walk on and take advantage of mm-hmm. yeah you can achieve all these things right but it's terrible yeah you know it's like it's a double-edged sword i guess people who were bought and sold maintained this place but was that what freed the humans to create great works like the carvings on the pillars she passed or the inlaid marble patterns on the floor you have to ask yourself at one at one point whose accomplishment is this is it the alethes for forcing their their workers to do it or is it the workers and if those workers are parchment then maybe these this beautiful city and these ornate sculpted pillars are actually the parchment's you know um 
accomplishments. Ac- accomplishments well, it's, yeah. Well, it, it, in you know, I suppose the the objective reality of it is that it, it takes all. Like it takes the engineers, it takes the mm-hmm. you know, it, it takes the the workers. It, right. But it's just that the way, <laughs> it's just that some, or I should say, many would not be able to relish or enjoy a lifestyle that would be let's say as reflective as the grandness of these constructions Mm -hmm. and that's the unfortunate part of it um she passed soldiers wearing these artificial carapace so that's what she's referring to as armor shields yeah and armor armor, yeah Yeah. artificial (laughs) carapace yeah exactly that's great I love that. Eshenai didn't have armor of her own at the moment. She wore work form instead of war form as she liked its flexibility. Again, flexibility, a willingness to work with others. Mm-hmm. That's Eshenai, right? Like she's not a hard-lined no. individual. Like, but we I, do remember that preferences... our, our personalities change as we take different forms. So she's in work form now. She's more flexible. Like personality Let me have my Eshenai. And, 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 I like Eshenai. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I mean, there's nothing reason. There's no reason to not like Eshenai. This yeah, actually, really this like prologue, her. I think, is supposed to make us like her even more. Because yeah. Because we only really start to got to know her in the second book because of the interludes, right. right? And then her personality completely changed when Stormform came, and then we got to not know her. We got to know this other thing yeah. that might not be Eshenai, because remember, Eshenai was screaming in the back of that that thing's head. So yeah. there's almost like this, like, you know, different personality that came about. And now we're getting back to the Eshenai that we started to like, and we're getting to know her even more. But I really like, I like the idea that when she told Vanley, no, I'm going to take on Stormform first. Mm-hmm. It was like she was being um, completely selfless. Right. Right. And Venley probably uh, in- just wanted the power. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's on the surface, but it could be more deeper than that. But, anyways, I'm searching for a return. I'm hoping to have a return of Esh and I, um, but we'll see. This is six years ago. Just remember. Yeah, I know. Okay. Humans didn't have a choice. They hadn't lost their forms as she'd first assumed. They only had the one. How sorry, forever in mate form, work form, and war form all at once. Yeah. I have to admit, I was like <laughs> trying to imagine what that's like simultaneously, like in actuality, yeah. like being in made form, doing work and, you know, <laughs> doing um, all three. Fighting. Like, hold on. Let me, let me try to paint the picture. You are fighting off a dude. I probably shouldn't have brought this up. No, no, you brought it up and now it's <laughs> in my brain and picture. I have to share it. You are oh, fighting God, a guy, okay. right? While yeah. Um, yeah. making love in an mm-hmm. alcove that you made because you're in work form. <laughs> In an alcove of your choice. Well, no, that you had um, to make. You had to sculpt it yourself in work form, but you're also oh, in work form. So you're fighting a guy alcove. off, right? Right. While you're, <laughs> you know, having sex with his wife, maybe that's the yeah. main form part. I don't know. Okay. All right. Sounds very human, um, actually. <laughs> it sounds very human. <laughs> yeah. Um, you, okay. You made my you made my glasses fog up even more. I, so it's, it's like you just you got more. out of a freezer. You're like, sorry, guys. Yeah. Yeah. I've got crazy fog going on here. Okay. Um. Eshenai's people would smile, laugh, cry, but not like these Alethi. The lower level of the palace was marked by broad hallways and galleries, lit by carefully cut gemstones that made the light sparkle. Chandeliers hung above. So there's all this opulence. Mm-hmm. So she, she must be just like 
dazzled. It must be very alien to her, right? All of this. Yeah. Pomp. Um, could we do this? She concludes. That was my next moment of pause in mm-hmm. this text. She thought humming to appreciation. So she's appreciating it. If we knew the right form for creating art. What do you make of that? Well, I think they, there was some, uh, some chatter about this last book where Esh and I mm-hmm. and Venley were like, we just need to find the right form. Like she's like, mm-hmm. there's got to be a way out of this war where we don't use war form. Maybe there's like a mm-hmm. diplomat form or like a, like a talky form where we, you know, we can turn into something that's more adept at being able to have a conversation with these people and explain what right. happened. Do you know what I mean? I would, I would call it maybe like ambition form <laughs> like you know what i mean like which i i brought up before that radiohead line will never leave me ambition makes you look pretty ugly yeah um but i, I, I think what, what you're saying here is that are the, uh, she's saying could we be this creative and i think there's we don't really know at this point anyways we don't really know what the limits are of of listeners of possibilities yeah what they're possible yeah. like what they're able right. to do and so of course right. there could be a, a, a like a creative form right we know the very least we know that there's like uh, um creativity spren and that kind of stuff so mm-hmm. so at the very least we know that it's possible that um that kind of thing might exist in the listener culture she passed a room with paintings on the walls then one with a bed and furniture another door revealed an indoor privy with running water which was a marvel i suppose to her mhm Says in the next paragraph, she was always wandering off, poking into things, peeking into doors, and finding the king. Mm-hmm. Eshenai fro- froze. The door cracked open, allowing her to see into a lush room with a thick red rug and bookshelves lining the walls. So much information just lying around, casually ignored. More surprisingly, King Gavilar himself stood pointing at something on a table, surrounded by five others, two officers, two women, in long dresses, and one old man in robes. Why wasn't Gavilar at the feast? Why weren't there guards at the door? Eshenai attuned anxiety and pulled back, but not before one of the women prodded Gavilar and pointed toward Eshenai. Anxiety pounding in her head, she pulled the door closed. A moment later, a tall man in uniform stepped out. The king would like to see you, Parshendi. She feigned confusion. Sir? Words? So, now, again, I'm stretching here. Okay, I I get it. But when she said she feigned confusion, okay? Yeah. She knows perfectly well. What he's saying, yes. She's she's lying. She's trying to be. Yeah, she's trying to play play dumb right now. She's playing down or she's lying. So that was Shalon for me. She was like, there's the, there's the rogue. There's the thief. She, all, um, all Esh and I needed to do was put on a horn eater accent and be like, give me your boots. <laughs> give me your boots. Uh, don't be coy. The soldier said, you're one of, you're one of the interpreters. Come in. You aren't in trouble. Anxiety shaking her. She let him lead her into the den. Thank you, Meredith. Gavilar said, leave us for a moment. All of you. Okay, so... And they, f- and they filed out. Meredith. Mm-hmm. 
Meredith Amaram. That's right. Mm-hmm. Just wanted to make sure we pointed that out in case you forgot his first we name. We pointed that out. Eshenai at the door, attuning consolation and humming it loudly, even though the humans wouldn't understand what it meant. Eshenai, the king said, I have something to show you. He knew her name. So indicative that Gavilar knows a little more than people think. And also, we know how we've talked about, you know, names have power. Mm -hmm. And Gavilar does not seem the kind of guy that wouldn't make it his, his job to know people's names because he knows it has power, right? It has power, but, but I like thinking about it too, that, um, you know, uh, going to Kaladin, that names are important. It's important Mm -hmm. to know people's names. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's what, that's what I meant. Yeah. I hadn't, that that names were important. I hadn't, I hadn't really. And Gavilar, I said names have power. I probably should have said that names were important because that's something that you said in the very first book. And, um, I, I like the idea of Gavilar already having learned that lesson and using it. I, I'll, I'm going to, I'm going to shout out my early highlight here. My early highlight Mm -hmm. is that we get to spend a little bit of time with Gavilar. We don't know this character as much as he's been important in these books so far. We don't really Mm -hmm. know him at all. And, you know, Eshenai gets to sit down with him and have a really kind of important conversation and it's great. I love this. That like getting to know a character that we we only know a little bit about is juicy. It's great. It's juicy. Eshenai the king said, <laughs> "I have something to show you." He knew her name. She stepped farther into the small warm room, holding her arms tightly around her. She didn't understand this man. It was more than his alien dead way of speaking. So, yeah. At first, when I, when I read that word alien, I thought, oh, are we saying that Gavilar is something other? But I don't think so. More than the fact that she couldn't anticipate what emotions might be swirling in there as war form and mate form contested within him. He, Interesting he that is. she can almost like, that she can pick up on that. Like, why just those two that appear present in Gavilar? Because maybe mate that's what he has. war form. Maybe that's what he... That's what he feels like to her is that's what he's, you know what it could be. He's lustful it could just be and passion. And, yeah. Passion, passion for and war. war. Yeah. 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 But I, I, um, or be, I like that. She says or being willing he, to fight for, uh, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Finish your, finish your thought. No, no, just, just that, uh, you know, with, with the whole passion and war thing, like he could be fighting for something that he loves, right? Like right. he, uh, uh, I suppose that would be a common. And she's seeing uh, that as mate form. She's seeing his passion, his right, his lust for war as a more of a mate form thing. Yeah, ma- that makes sense. I do like more that she. Um, this... I, I do like that she says that he has an alien, dead way of speaking. Not just an alien mm-hmm. way, and not just a dead way, but like this alien, like a mixture of something foreign without life in his way of speaking and to right. her, he's a completely different culture. So he would be alien yeah. to her in, in that way. Right. Like it's, I just love yeah. it. I think it's a really, really cool line. Yeah. Um, more than any human, this man baffled her. Why had he offered them such a favorable treaty? At first it had seemed an accommodation between tribes. That was before she'd come here seen this city and the Alethi armies, her people had once possessed cities of their own and armies to envy. They knew that from the songs. 
but that had been a long, but that had been long ago. There were a fragment, oh, sorry, they were a fragment of a lost people, traitors who had abandoned their gods to be free. This I liked being made more clear. We've already kind of had this, but yeah, I, I like, like this, this a lot. Spelled out like this, yeah. Yeah, me too. This man could have crushed the listeners. They'd once assumed that their shards, we- that their shards, weapons they had so far kept hidden from humans would be enough to protect them, but she'd now seen over a dozen shard blade and suits of shard plate among the Alethi. So at one time, she thought that they had this technology to themselves. Right. Or, or, or that they they, had enough of them that it could turn the mm -hmm. tide of a battle between them. And so a couple of good points here. Um, when we meet the Parshendi, the listeners, there is only one shard bearer amongst them. And that's Eshenai. Right. And she's saying Eshenai, they have right. enough, you know, she, um, they assume that they're shards. So they had multiple shards, not just hers, but like all these other ones. So they must have, and we know, kind of know this from Way of Kings, the Parshendi, the listeners would have lost some of these shards in battle, right? So it's, it's a nice, like yeah. little callback to that, that the Parshendi had this vast treasure as well, but slowly over the course of the, the vengeance pact, those five years, six years, right. they lost a bunch of right. them. Why did he smile at her like that? What was he hiding by not singing to the rhythms to calm her? Sit, Eshenai, King said. Oh, don't be frightened, little scout. I've been wanting to speak to you. Your mastery of our language is unique. So calling her Little Scout, so right there, he knows more than just her name. He knows that she has this wanderlust. Or, that or the she, ability that's, to... That's kind of her job, to, right? Right. Like, he, he, he knows her name, but he also knows what she does, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And, and she said at the beginning of this prologue that um, she found the humans just on the other side of the hill. So she's a scout. Mm-hmm. She found the humans and he's acknowledging that right. when we met, met you, you were one of your people's scouts. Right. She settled on a chair while Gavilar reached down and removed something from a small satchel. It glowed with red stormlight. So there's a lot of red going on here. Red, mm-hmm. red rug. <laughs> red yeah. rug. Um, Construction of gemstones and metal crafted in a beautiful design, beautiful and terrible. Mm-hmm. Do you know what this is? No, your majesty. It's what we call a febrile, a device powered by stormlight. This one makes warmth, just a smidge, unfortunately, but my wife is confident her scholars can create one that will heat a room. Wouldn't that be wonderful? No more smoky fires and hearths. So we know in Words of Radiance, there is a scene, I think, where the whole family, the whole Colin family are sitting in a room and there is a heating Mm -hmm. Fabriel over by where the hearth would be heating the entire room. So within six years, she's able to turn this small one that he's showing Eshenai right now into Into a fully, fully working one. Yeah. Like, so it's really cool. But this is Navani's accomplishment, right? Yeah. This this is is Navani and her scholars. Yeah. Yeah. So again, just that little bit there sort of is like, well, now we know that Navani is someone who can, you know, declare something like, okay, wouldn't it be neat to accomplish this? And then mm-hmm. she does and accomplish she, it. And then she puts her people to it. She's like, she's mm-hmm. like the Steve Jobs of Fabrials. <laughs> she doesn't necessarily do any of the work, but she's all like, I got I a hope, vision, everyone. Well, 
<laughs> yeah, I'm hoping. Yeah, I'm hoping that she didn't Steve Job out of it. But uh, okay, <laughs> I, I like to think that that Navani is a bit more hands on. Um, it seemed uh, lifeless to Eshenai, but she didn't say so. She hummed a praise so he'd feel happy, telling her of this, and handed it back. I think that's also very telling. Mm-hmm. Praised to. She, sorry, uh, hummed a praise so that he would feel happy about it. Right. That's interesting about her. But, they, but humans the can't tell self. what their their rhythms are. So humming no. to praise for him has, has no bearing on him because he doesn't understand right. what it is. Look deep into it, he says. Can you see what's moving inside? It's a spren. That is how the device works. Captive, like in a gem heart, she thought. A tuning awe. They've built devices that mimic how we apply the forms. The humans did so much with their limitations. So that's big. That's pretty big. So she's saying that the Parshendi have a gem heart inside them. Right? Yeah. Just like chasm mm-hmm. fiends do. Just like chasm fiends. Right. Mm-hmm. And that the way that they apply their forms is by putting a spren in that gem heart. And then that spren gem heart combination changes them into the form they want right so it's a little more clear than it was last book what that means and mm-hmm. what she's saying is that what a fabriel is is literally doing that catching a, a spren catching putting a it spren. in this gem and then now you've created yeah. a, a magic item and that's what their hearts are pretty much our magic items which i love that I, I i love the idea of an apparatus of koalish being inside a guy's chest <laughs> <laughs> do you see it as a form of slavery um, the, 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 spren? the spren or being in, yeah, I think, I think there's a little bit something to there for sure. It's definitely subjugating the spren for their own, for would, their own wouldn't use. Wouldn't you think that's kind of the, cause that's what I was thinking was, was the theme. Is it any different than forcing Charles to pull your wagon? Well, this is it, right? Right. So I, I think that's the point of this, uh, of making this, this observation. Right. Um, Sorry, the chasm fiends, uh, lost my place. Captive, like in a gem heart, she thought. The humans did so much with their limitations. I like that, too. She still views them as limited. Right. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the chasm fiends aren't your gods, are they? He, he said. What? She asked, attuning skepticism. Why ask that? Right. What a strange turn in the conversation. Oh, it's merely something I've been thinking about. He took the Fabril back. My officers feel so superior, as they think they have you figured out. They think you're savages, but they are so wrong. You're not savages. You're an enclave of memories, a window into the past. He leaned forward, the light from the ruby leaking between his fingers. I need you to deliver a message to your leaders, the five. You're close to them, and I'm being watched. I need their help to achieve something. She hummed to anxiety. Now, now, he said, I'm going to help you. Hmm. Now, hang on there a sec. He feels that, right? He, right. Yeah, he felt so, that one. Right. So I wanted to bring that up with you. It's, so maybe there's some that he feels and he, some he doesn't feel because he's been around them now for a little while. And maybe he's gaining some kind of understanding of how they work and he can understand the anxiety part, but maybe he doesn't really yet the praise the praise rhythm or the some other ones i think right? he knows more of these hummings than than he he's lets letting on. on okay cool yeah. i like that too 
That's what I think. I'm going to help you, Eshenai. Do you... Did you know I've discovered how to bring your gods back? No, she hums to the rhythm of terrors. No. So, Ellipsis. So he goes, <laughs> listen, he goes and continues his little speech here without missing a beat. Yeah. If he fully understood all of their rhythms and what they sound yeah. like, he would understand yeah. that she was just humming to the rhythm of terrors. So right. there's some that That's he's not uh, either not acknowledging or just doesn't know yet, right? Yeah, no yet, or maybe even with the terror humming, like maybe he doesn't care. Maybe he's got just a, a really good poker. If face. it makes you afraid, like like yeah, my my ancestors, he said, holding up the fabril, first learned how to hold a spren inside a gemstone, and with a very special gemstone, you can hold even a god. What do you think about that? That's pretty cool. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Your majesty, she said, daring to take his hand in hers. He couldn't feel the rhythms. He didn't know. Please. We no longer worship those gods. We left them. We abandoned them. Ah, but this is for your own good and for ours. And he stood up. We live without honor. For your gods once brought ours. Without them, we have no power. This world is trapped, Ash and I, stuck in a dull, lifeless state of transition. He looked toward the ceiling. Unite them. I need a threat. Only danger will unite them. So... We know. So this is the orchestration of war here. <laughs> well, this is. We know that da- uh, the Gavilar was receiving the visions before Dalinar, and Dalinar, this is right. his reaction to unite them. We need to unite right. them, so we need to create a huge war. And what better way than right. to bring the Voidbringers back, bring the Knights Radiance back, and just bring right. all that shit back, and maybe we'll be all united. Remember, Gavilar what? is working with Amaram and a small group of people known as the Sons yeah, of yeah. Honor, right? The Sons of Honor, who, yeah, who like think this way. I know. Skull and Bones type of secret society. <laughs> I think Joshua Jackson's in that. Uh, in that Joshua Jackson's in yeah. that. So she says, what? What are you saying? Our enslaved parchment were once like you. Then we somehow robbed them of their ability to undergo the transformation. We did it by capturing a spren. An ancient, crucial spren. He looked at her, green eyes alight. I've seen how that can be reversed. A new storm that will bring the heralds out of hiding. A new war. Insanity, she rose to her feet. I like how there's the rising of both characters to meet Mm -hmm. each other. This is, Mm -hmm. our gods tried to destroy you. The old words must be spoken again. You can't. And she trails off, noticing for the first time that a map covered the table. It was expansive, showed the land bounded by oceans, and the artistry of it put her own attempts to shame. She rose and stepped to the table, gaping the rhythm of awe, playing in her mind. This is gorgeous. Even the grand chandeliers and carved walls were nothing by comparison. This was knowledge and beauty fused into one. So what I, I, I don't have many thoughts there, only that it kind of, it kind of made me sad a little bit that, that even like as she's looking at the maps, they're so beautiful that 
in comparison to what her people have done it's she kind of feels um like small i guess mm-hmm. in comparison somehow but she's like, also uh, like wants to be a map maker and then seeing like she's like right. oh i'm gonna map the world and it's like oh the world's yeah. already been mapped yeah disappointed like, the yeah. black and white map that we see at the beginning of every book i believe is this map like i, I in my mind's eye in my head yeah. that what she's looking at is what we look at when we open the book right so right right um so going back to what she's about her concern here the old words must be spoken again you can't like this is really like she's insistent that it, that this doesn't happen and the old words spoken again are we talking about the um uh the words spoken on the journey to becoming a night radiant yeah that's what he wants right but right. she doesn't she doesn't because what he's proposing is to not not just bring back the night's radiant she she's wanting to right. bring he wants to bring the night's radiant back by making the old gods come back her old gods come back right and her that should gods, force right. the night's radiance to come back too in defense against them but she knows but how d- shitty of an idea that is because it says they tried well, to destroy she says, you our gods tried to right, destroy you tried to right so what i'm what, anyways what I'm trying to get at is that um, I like Eshenai. I trust her mm-hmm. because of the character building that's being done here. Mm-hmm. So as a, as a first time reader, I think what she's trying to, she's trying to tell us something. She's trying to say, this is a bad idea. Yeah. She's wearing bad idea jeans. Bad. That's what she's, she's got. She's wearing bad idea jeans. <laughs> yeah. She, this is, these are bad ideas here. These are bad ideas. Um, Anyways, I, and there's, in the next, in chapter one of this, I think there's even more hints to this, uh, this, um, playing out as well, uh, speaking about the heralds and, but well, I'll talk to you about that. Okay. Um, okay. So where were we? Uh, I thought you'd be pleased to hear that we, oh, is that too keeping rhythm? Yeah, no, oh, you, okay. the last uh, line you said was, this was, uh, this was knowledge and this is gorgeous. fused yeah. into one. I thought you'd be, yeah, fused into one. I thought you'd be pleased to hear that we are allies in seeking the return of your gods. Gavilar said she could almost hear the rhythm of reprimand in his dead words. You claim to fear them, but why fear that which made you live? My people need to be united, and I need an empire that won't simply turn to infighting once I am gone. So you seek for war, she asks. I seek for an end to something that we never finished. My people were radiant once, and your people, the Parshmen, were vibrant. I like that. I yeah. like the, describing them as vibrant. Vibrant, it like, yeah. Like they vibrate, well, I they was, hum, they, I don't know, it's just it's really, yeah. really cool. Yeah, it's really cool. I was thinking when I first read that, that, are, whoa, are we about to find out about a new, a totally different, like how... Subsection how, of... The night's radiant, the night's, the night's vibrant. vibrant. <laughs> like, I, I was like, wow. Well, that doesn't sound like something Sanderson wants to no, write about, I don't think. I don't think so. No. <laughs> um, who is served by this drab world where my people fight each other in endless squabbles without light to guide them, and your people are as good as corpses? She looked back at the map. Where is the shattered plains? This portion here? That is all of Natanatan. You gesture toward Eshenai. This is the Shattered Plains. And he pointed at a spot not much bigger than his thumbnail. 
mm-hmm. where the entire map was as large as the table. It gave her a sudden dizzying perspective. Ooh. As we've talked about before. Mm-hmm. This was the world. She'd assumed that in traveling to Kolinar, they'd crossed almost as far as the land could go. Why hadn't they shown her this before? Her legs weakened, and she attuned mourning. She dropped back into her seat, unable to stand. So vast. Gavilar removed something from his pocket. A sphere. It was dark, yet somehow still glowed. As if it had an aura of blackness, a phantom light that was not light, faintly violet. It seemed to suck in the light around it. Mm-hmm. He set it on the table before her. Take that to the five and explain what I told you. Tell them to remember what your people once were. Wake up, Eshenai. He patted her on the shoulder and then left the room. She stared at that terrible light and from the songs knew it for what it was. The forms of power had been associated with a dark light, a light from the king of gods. And she plucked the sphere off the table and went running. Hmm. What do you think of that? Well, it's very interesting. Um, I, um, there's, there's a little bit I can't say here, um, but it sounds like he's giving them, I figured because I, he's giving them an answer to how to get the old gods. Right. And this stone seems to be an example of it. Because remember, Venli has to catch a specific spren in a stone in order to be able to Mm -hmm. turn into storm form. So maybe this is the first time they get to kind of have an understanding of that. Um, So so my thought was, is why would Eshenai bring this back? Right. As proof to the five that she says this conversation happened and he gave me this, like, Mm -hmm. you know... It might be yeah. f- further proof to, to, to convince them. I don't know. But what, we, we, we do get a POV change here. Mm-hmm. Um, when the drums were set up, Esh- yeah, scene change. When the drums were set up, Esh and I insisted on joining the drummers, an outlet for her anxiety. I like this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like she went her, drumming? Do, yeah, she like does a little, uh, little Dave girl here. Um, she beat to the rhythm in her head, banging as hard as she could, trying with each beat to banish the things the king had said and the things that she had just done. The five sat at the high table, the remnants of their final course uneaten. He intends to bring back our gods, she told the five. Close your eyes, focus on the rhythms. He can do it. He knows so much. Furious beats pulsating through her soul. We have to do something. Clade's slave was an assassin. Clade claimed that a voice speaking to the rhythm had led him to the man who had confessed his skills when pressed. Venley had apparently been with Clade, though Eshenai hadn't seen her sister since earlier in the day. Want to stop there and... Yeah. Um, so earlier, what do you think? They were like, "Let's uh, see if we can buy a slave. So let's see how fun this is buying slaves." Right. And they bought yeah. an Alethi slave. Well, they bought uh, what they called an Alethi slave, but they bought a non-listener. Right. They bought. Right. They're kind of using Alethi, kind of like uh, a catch-all for everyone that's not for for all humans right now. Mm. I think. Right. Right. And the slave he bought was Zeth. I know. I can't believe it. Isn't that? It's so random. 
So, so is it random or did the winds command this? Well, the, the, it says Clade claimed that a voice speaking the rhythms led him to the man. Right. So that's a little bit strange. It is strange. And then the man, who's Zeth, confessed his skills when pressed. So right. Zeth has to tell the person who owns him. I'm, he doesn't, I, there's no speaking of the oath stone here yet, right? No. But, um, no. but then, yeah, so they, they decide to use this man to kill, <laughs> to kill the king. To kill the king. Yeah. Long ago, the listeners had summoned the courage to adopt Dullform in order to escape their gods. They'd sought freedom at any cost. Today, the cost of maintaining that freedom would be high. She played the drums. She felt the rhythms. And she wept softly and didn't look at the strange assassin wearing flowing white clothing providing, provided by Clade. Left the room. Mm-hmm. She'd voted with the others for this course of action. Feel the peace of the music, as her mother always said. Seek the rhythms, seek the songs. She resisted as the others pulled her away, and she wept to leave the music behind. Wept for the people who might be destroyed for tonight's action. She wept for the world, which might never know what the listeners had done for it. Wept for the king, whom she had consigned to death. The drums cut off around her and dying music echoed through the halls. It's neat, eh? So she goes to the five. The five in this inner circle decide to kill the king, and they leave just as it's about to happen. And she's like, I feel bad for all the listeners that we're leaving behind that are going to get the brunt of this. <clears throat> yeah, well, and I'm, I'm just having a thought here at the end here when it says the drums cut off around her and dying music echoed throughout the halls. Like, this is almost almost a way to look at her people like this was the death nail for her people mm-hmm. like true. because if the, you equate the, the dying drums, music yeah I, like i I'm, I'm equating the rhythms the songs to mm-hmm. her people the dying music echoed through the halls as a result of the events that have happened it's led to storm form right which arguably would be it's 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 disastrous for the parshendi mm-hmm. And, but, and yeah, and it kind of, think... it's, it's kind of strange that she voted for it. I mean, I, I guess it's, it's like we've talked about with several of these characters in this, in this series, they think they're doing the right thing mm-hmm. and they can justify it. As we talked about Sadius, his right. justifications, Amaram's justifications, mm-hmm. Gavilar now. Darkness. <clears throat> Although darkness. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, um, I think that, uh, another really uh, uh, fun point here is that, um, mm. Given the options of a um, a vengeance pack with the Alethi and the Alethi completely going to war with them and eradicating them, or mm-hmm. potentially letting them the Alethi bring back their old gods, they would have still yeah. chosen the uh, the vengeance pack in the war because they like feel really strongly about not bringing the old gods back. <laughs> that, I, like, like I've said, like I've got a bad feeling about this whole <clears throat> return of the Knights Radiant thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I, I think, I think that in the stories of old, it probably makes sense that the Knights Radiant are supposed to be a good thing. Mm-hmm. At least I think so. Yeah. And then some people uh, now and, and, see and them the as not a good thing because they abandoned everybody. <clears throat> they felt that right. the humankind felt abandoned by them, right? 
Right. So there's mix. There's a mixed bag there of, of feelings. Yeah, mixed bag. What's your highlight for this chapter? Highlight is Eshenai. For me, it's Eshenai. Uh, you know, getting to know a bit more about her. Like, uh, I like this wanderlust that she has. I like. I like her being the scout. Mm-hmm. I like her. I like her mom at the end there. You know, uh, sort of finding comfort in the music. I like her being the drummer. Um, I like her beating to her own drum. Mm-hmm. Right, like she's her own voice and i think ultimately i'm hoping that that will be what happens is that she will uh i i hope that this character uh becomes a great leader um well she tried to and then she got defeated I by by I uh Adolin. well she she got t- well, i know but see i i'm still clinging to that that's the compromised eshenai mm-hmm. in that form we don't get her. She's screaming inside of that form. Right. It's true. Like, that's not her. It's not. Th- this is her, the, the, the scout wanting to map the world. Like, I love it. She's like in a, <laughs> the, the, in per- a the, 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 the person who uh, realizes that this king is trying to bring back her old gods and literally destroy, um, destroy yeah. everything, but then gets quickly distracted by a beautiful map. Ooh, what's that? Yeah, what's that? Yeah, <laughs> I kind of had a bit of a Truman Show moment when she, when you mentioned that the map was already full, and it's like, I, I, th- I think the character of Truman <clears throat> was saying something in the movie. I, I'd like to be an explorer. Oh, you're too late. It's already been it's right. Already, it's too bad it's for you. Been, it's all done. Um, so I said my yeah. highlight earlier was getting to know Gavilar a little bit, but I want to refine yeah. that to a very specific thing here. Gavilar yeah. did this to himself. If he hadn't shared his plan yeah. with Eshenai, right. the five Eshenai, wouldn't have killed yeah. him. He might have actually lived and pulled this off the way he wanted to. But it's like that the guy that just couldn't help but brag, you know, oh, by the way, guys, I'm getting this really big raise and I'm going to be, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. ends up not getting it in the end. He he did this to himself. Also, another quote by Radiohead, you do it to yourself, you do. And that's you what really hurts. Yourself. You do. You know? And that's what really hurts. Yeah. So true. Yeah. All right, cool. Um, okay, let's, let's uh, take pause here. I need, a new, I need a coffee. Yeah. yeah, so we're going to take a quick break, everybody. We'll be back in five minutes. So chapter one mm-hmm. of Oathbringer, broken so you, and divided. Did you notice uh, part one and who the POVs were going to be and stuff for part one? Yeah, I did. The POVs. Let me see. I'll just go back to it. Mm-hmm. United. So part one is called United. Mm-hmm. So I like this. I like this title. It's hopeful. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dalinar, Shalon, Kaladin and and Adolin. Yeah, we like those guys. Yeah. We like all those characters. We like those guys. Yeah, yeah we, we we so yeah. I'm I'm excited. Yeah. The image that I have to the left of this page, though, are the locations of the ten oath gates. Yeah, that's really fun, right? It tells us where. It's super great. Yeah, it tells us where and what city names are the oath gates. Mm-hmm. They, Delinar talks a little right. bit about it later on in the chapter, so we could kind of maybe go through it then when he starts to talk about it, if you want. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, it's really cool though. Yeah, it's really neat. There, there's uh, there's creatures that are on uh, the top left and right of this image, mm-hmm. like a dragon and like a yeah uh, lion rat or something. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. <laughs> it's a liger. A li- uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's a liger. Yes, please. <laughs> I hope it is a liger. It's like my favorite animal. It's the greatest. Yeah. And so, chapter one, broken and divided, mm-hmm. starts off with this excerpt from from. The Oathbringer preface. Yeah. So I don't know what that is. So you you I really want to know. Asked me. You're like, is it going to be a book? Is Oathbringer going to be a book? But the thing that was confusing to you in in words of radiance, you're like, Way of Kings was a book inside Way of Kings. 
Words of yes. Radiance was a book inside Words of Radiance, and you were like, is yeah. Oathbringer going to be a book inside uh, Oathbringer? Because yeah. there's also the sword Oathbringer. So you're like, it could break right. form, literally break form, and yeah. um, and be about the sword now. And this very, very yeah. first chapter one shows you that this little excerpt, excerpta, is from a book. The excerpta. A book called Oathbringer. Right. Um, the excerpta is I'm certain some will feel threatened by this record. Some few may feel liberated. Most will simply feel that it should not exist. It's a little vague. <laughs> a lot yeah. vague, actually. We don't really know what this means. I, I'm very, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm nervous. I was just saying before you got on, um, I'm nervous about this whole thing kind of turning on its head. Like, I, I don't expect that that Mr. Sanderson is going to take us down a road where all of these characters, um, you know, become Darth Vader's or something like that. You I don't know, think like he's I, telling that story, I'm, right? I don't think he's telling that story, but there's something wrong about uh, our perception of this, I think. Uh, or as a first-time reader, like there's something wrong about this. Mm-hmm. Um I don't, I don't quite know what it is, but it's, it's off. And I'll tell you in a minute why I think that, um, Dalinar Colon appeared in the vision, standing beside the memory of a dead God. Again, Mr. Sanderson, great opening sentences. He really does. eh? he has openings. (laughs) He's he's very good at it. He's really good at openings Um, and closings. He's like, he just stands in front of his cupboard opening and closing it. He's like, man, I'm fucking good at this shit. (laughs) I'm really good at this. It had been six days since his forces had arrived in Urethiru, the legendary Holy Tower city of the Knights Radiant. Mm -hmm. They had escaped the arrival of a new devastating storm, seeking refuge through an ancient portal. They were settling into their new home, hidden in the mountains. And yet, Dalinar felt as if he knew nothing. He didn't understand the force he brought, let alone how to defeat it or the force he fought, he barely understood the storm and what it meant in returning the Voidbringers, ancient enemies of men. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what do you think of that? I, I underlined that because I thought that's a nice way to describe the Voidbringers, ancient enemies of men. Mm-hmm. It's good. Do you think vo- like Voidbringers are just like a cryptic... Like, is it specific? We don't know. Is it detailed? It could be just like yeah. an umbrella term for... Yeah. Kind of like how Ash and I was using Alethi as a term for all non-humans, because that's all they knew was Alethi, that they called everyone Alethis. Right. Like okay. Even yeah, the, yeah. Even the Shinovar that they bought in, uh, as a slave, they, they named them Alethi. Um, mm-hmm, but um, I, love, I love this little opening here because it... Um, we... First off, six days gives a nice time frame. They've been in six the days. for six days. You mm-hmm. asked when Edge Dancer was taking place. And I said, mm-hmm. it could be mm-hmm. months, it could be weeks. We didn't really know. You were like, is it years and years? And we were like, definitely not years and years because it right, didn't take that right. long for the Everstorm to come back around. Come it's, back around. If right. Edge Dancer is happening kind of simultaneously with this book, that means Edge Dancer probably is happening about six days, seven days. Maybe, you know, we know a week is five days. So maybe between a week and two weeks after um words of radiance so it's kind of in that zone there um oh sorry the last thing i want to make mention here is he says um he didn't understand the force he fought 
let alone how right. to feed it. And we right. still at this point don't really fully understand what's happening either. But no. the Stormfather gives us a little bit more information at the end of this chapter about who we're fighting. Right. We've heard the name Odium before. Odium before. Right. Yeah. We know the that champion. Odium somehow killed Honor. Right. Right. And, um, yeah, so it's, it's the, oh, we, we got to talk about this nine shadows. Like I, I, yeah, I, but, but, but we'll get, we'll get there. Yeah. But Um, I just want to say that the, the picture is becoming a little more clear on what Dalinar's up against. Right. So he came here into his visions, seeking to pull secrets from the God named honor or the almighty who had left them. I like that, mm-hmm. pulling secrets. I like this uh, way of looking at his visions. Mm-hmm. This particular vision was the first that Dalinar had ever experienced. It began with him standing next to an image of the god in human form, both perched atop a cliff overlooking Kolinar, Dalinar's home, seat of the government. And in his vision, the city had been destroyed by some unknown force. The Almighty started speaking, but Dalinar ignored him. I want to touch back on that. Mm-hmm. Dalinar ignoring the voice right. of God or the voice of the Almighty. Um, Dalinar had become a knight radiant by bonding the Stormfather himself, soul of the High Storm, the most powerful spren on Rishar. And Dalinar had discovered he could now have these visions replayed for him at will. Mm-hmm. He'd already heard this monologue three times and had repeated it word for word so that Novani could record it. This is amazing. Awesome. I love that. I love that he has more control over the visions. Me too. Little highlight, not, not not my highlight, but it's it's cool that he is able to keep his feet grounded while experiencing all of these these visions. It's amazing. It's it's such a resource for mm-hmm. him that he comes into the vision, can come to this mm-hmm. vision, and is it, like, I yeah. don't care what the 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 god uh, the honor is telling me. I'm going to go to explore yeah. the surrounding area to see if there's anything that I missed in this vision that might right. give me a clue as to what we're doing. Right. The other thing I love here is that he knows these visions already now by heart because he can go to them at will. Before right, at will. Mm-hmm. he'd go into a vision, Navani would be writing everything that he would say. He was talking in the Dawn chant in a completely right. dead language. She would write as yep. much of it down as she could. And then he'd come back and say, well, this is what I said during my vision as far as I can remember. Right. And so right, they're right. having to piece together. The translations of stuff. His accounts. Kind of yeah. like, kind of yeah, haphazardly. Yeah. But now he knows yeah. the entire vision by heart. Right. So that means Navani's work with the Don Chant and with her scholars is gaining an extra boon here. Because he can go back into the vision over and over is, and over again. He doesn't have to wait for high right. storms. He can do it whenever he wants. Okay, so can I ask a question here? Yes. Can he, as he's going into these visions then, over and over, is he now able to explore more within it like learn more I think within a, that I given think that time Stormfather says there's like a distance there's like a kind of uh, uh, an area a radius where he's he can't go past oh, a certain okay. point because the, the the almighty would have created this vision with limits he can't explore all of Roshar uh, okay. within his, oh, okay. in, in his you know what Got I mean it. but because that would be really interesting is that he could explore the like, past le- all all the time or whatever yeah, anywhere to ex- go ex- yeah yeah like 
like have this vision, you're put in this other body or you're having this vision um, mm-hmm. and then you can ignore the voice of God or ignore the, right. the, the, the noise, if you will, and then go exploring and find out other things. He that can might do be it more... up to a limit, right? He can't, just can't mm, go that right. super far. Like he can't start okay. here in ancient Kolinar and be like, you know what? I'm going to go see what's going on in Shinovar at this time. He can't do that. Right, it's too right. far. This time, Dalinar instead walked to the edge of the cliff and knelt to look out upon the ruins of Kolinar. The air smelled dry here, dusty and warm. He squinted, trying to extract something, some meaningful detail from the chaos of broken buildings. Even the wind blades, once magnificent, sleek rock formations, had been shattered. The Almighty continued his speech. These visions were like a diary. A set of immersive messages that the god had left behind, Dalinar appreciated the help, but right now he wanted details. Mm-hmm. And he searched the sky, discovered a ripple in the air like heat rising from distant stone, a shimmer the size of a building. So is that shimmer, this like ripple, is that the Stormfather? Hmm. Stormfather, he said, can you take me down below into the rubble? Yeah, um, maybe like the is, shimmer is, that, is, is that haze? the edge of the vision, maybe? Hmm. I'm not really sure, actually. Yeah. I wasn't sure either, that's why I'm at. Um, it feels sure, like it might asks, be the limit you... of the vision. Like, he can't see farther than that, that, that the right. edge of that vision. That's what the shimmer is, maybe? It might be, like, the barrier. Could be. Yeah. He asks, can you take me down into the rubble? You are not supposed to go there. That is not part of the vision. Mm-hmm. Ignore what I'm supposed to do for the moment, Dalinar said. Can you do it? Can you transport me to those ruins? Right. So what, what I love about this, like little highlight for me, um, Dalinar is looking for details. Mm-hmm. He's poking around. He's like Eshenai. Yeah. He's exploring. Yep. He's the scout. He wants more. And I also like the fact that he wants to be down in the rubble. Right. Where... I suppose the destruction is or the chaos that, you know, it's kind of like if, if, if even, even to speak to his past, if you're the black thorn and you cause all this damage, at least have the honor to walk amongst the rubble. Right. Right. And not be and see what you've done. It. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I, I, I just read a, l- a little bit into that. Um, the storm father rumbled. He was a strange being somehow connected to the dead God, but not exactly the same thing as the Almighty. At least today he wasn't using a voice that rattled Dalinar's bones. <laughs> but in an eye blink, Dalinar was transported. He no longer stood atop the cliff, but was on the plains, down before the ruins of the city. Thank you, Dalinar says, striding the short remaining distance on the ruins. Only six days had passed since their discovery of Urathiru. Six days since the awakening of the Parshendi. Yeah, what do you make of this? The the awakening of the Parshendi? Is this is Storm Form the awakening that Gavilar was speaking to Ashenai about? I think so, yeah. Hmm. Who had gained strange powers, glowing red eyes. Six days since the arrival of the new storm, the Everstorm, a tempest of dark thunderheads and red lightning. Some in his armies thought that it was finished, that the storm was over, that it was one catastrophic event, but Dalinar knew otherwise. The Everstorm would return. 
and would soon hit Shinovar in the far west. Following that, it would course across the land. But nobody was believing him. Right. So again, he's kind of put in this position again, isn't right. he? Right, same. I've had the visions. Yeah. I'm trying to convene, I'm trying to tell you things mm-hmm. and explain some things. Yeah, no one You're believes not listening. Him. The yeah. monarchs, the monarchs in places like Azir and Thelena admitted that a strange storm had appeared in the east, but they didn't believe it would return. Right. Like a one-off God, event or something, right? It must be so right? frustrating for him. Like yeah. He's just always in this p- position of like, please listen to me. Yeah. Like, It took him two yeah. books to convince his own people that something was up. And then when something came right. up and he had proof, yeah. well, yeah. most of them now believe him, right? And now they all yeah. followed him to Urthiru. And now he's got to do the same thing for the rest of the world, but none of them believe him either. It's really they couldn't guess how destructive this storm w- would, the storm's return would be. When it had first appeared, it had clashed with the high storm, creating a unique cataclysm. Hopefully it would not be as bad on its own, but it, it would still be a storm blowing the wrong way, and it would awaken the world's parchment servants and make them into void bringers. I, I love being reminded, as you said earlier, mm-hmm. that the parchment are worldwide. Right. So, well, we just, we just read a whole book about Yadah and when the, the Everstorm hits Yadah, when they're on the the top, when I I keep saying, I want to say that they're on the top of the buildings, but they're just literally on the top of Yadah, which is the ground floor. They're the the, the surface. Yeah. yeah, They're on the surface and uh, she's confronting darkness. And there's that group of Parshmen that get hit by the, the Everstorm and their eyes start to glow red. So yeah, there, there are Parshmen all over the place experiencing this as well. So it is I a know, worldwide I, I thing. I can't, it, it is, uh, I just can't get, that's the one, the one bit of, uh, of Yasna's, um, um, research academic. Yeah. Th- that I, I, uh, f- I don't, uh, agree with her, conclu- her conclusion. I don't, I think that I'm hoping that she will come to different conclusions. I hope that she'll investigate it further. Right. And, uh, and, and come to realize that it is not as she had thought with regards to it be just, just being a simple thing. Like the void bringers are these parchment and mm-hmm. this, this thing. I'm, I'm hoping that she will be the one to like, um, undo her own research, if you will, right. like to investigate further. And then I'm, I'm hoping that that would be world's parchment servants. Yeah. What do you expect to learn? The Stormfather said as Dalinar reached the rubble of the city. This vision was constructed to drawing you to the ridge to speak with honor. The rest is a backdrop, a painting. I that's interesting. Backdrop, a painting. What can you learn from art? Right. Well, wit would say a lot, right? Yeah. Honor put this rubble here. Dalinar's response is, huh. I like that. Mm-hmm. Backdrop or not, his knowledge of the world and our enemy couldn't help but affect the way he made this vision. Dalinar hikes up the rubble on the outer walls. Kolinar had been Stormit. Kolinar was a grand city. This is, um, this next bit I think might be my highlight, but. Like the description of the town, of the city? But I also think it's a, it's a double-edged sword too. Okay. It's, uh, w- w- how was it described in the preface? Beautiful and terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, well, what, they weren't speaking about Kolinar, but, um. And we know that there's some stuff happening in Kolinar right now. 
because of the yeah the, the riots the, the riot well, the riots. Queen. Remember we had the yeah the queen with her ardents and all that stuff. There's something going yep. on in the in the city of there Colonar. is. But I, I I like that his observation here, like Colonar had been Stormit. Colonar was a grand city. Like mm-hmm. it's like looking at um, he's looking at the end of a city and thinking. It must be hard. Like again, he's he's a paladin sort of character. He's he mm-hmm. like Colinar and 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 its expansion, its empire, if you will, might not be good all the way through. Right, right. But he but he's passionate about it, and and having seen it destroyed, he can't help but but long for it, or at least you know look at it through um, Rose. Uh, tinted glasses maybe mm-hmm. um instead of hiding in the shadow of a cliff or inside a sheltered chasm colinar trusted so i want to highlight that instead of hiding mm-hmm. colinar trusted yeah in its enormous walls to buffer it from high storm winds it defied the winds and did not bow to the storms yeah that's cool now i like that because i like thinking of the cities as characters right of course and and as as we were talking about Yada, um, it's within the ground. Yeah, like it's it's hiding for sure. For sure. Like so, but Kolinar is not. No. Kolinar is not hiding, and also it's trusting. It's almost like by being out and in the open, it's trusting that it has the, it has the what the right to exist. Mm-hmm. It has the right to go against the winds, like that. It doesn't deserve to be destroyed and and blown away. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know. I, I just I I just liked um, it's it's really cool liked- imagery. It's really awesome. the The other thing I'd want to bring up is that um, Capsule told Shalon that there are these dawn cities in which that sit- yep. modern cities yep. were built in the natural rock formations of these areas known as dawn cities, and Kolinar is mm-hmm. one of them. And that, so these wind blades, these gigantic right. rock formations were there right. before they built Kolinar in it. And so these wind blades is right. what allows them to defy the winds because a storm will hit the city and kind of get diffused right. and broken up by these wind blades. Right. So, so it's kind of like, uh, kind of like a, um, a coral reef in a, in the wake of a tsunami. Mm-hmm. So this idea of that yeah. uh, you say of the city um, uh, being a character and defying the winds and them trusting in it yeah. in the city right. can goes back thousands and thousands of years. Like it's always been there. Yeah, that's that's cool. Yeah, it is really neat. Um, he saw scrapes and gouges on the stones of the fallen walls, those made by a predator. The wind blades had been smashed, and you could see claw marks on those as well he says i've seen creatures that could do this kneeling beside one of the stones gashes in the granite surface in my visions i witnessed a stone monster that ripped itself free of the underlying rock you remember this are these is this the thunderclast yes it's i'm glad you remember the name thunderclast yeah i did yeah i'm slowly piecing all this it's a lot to piece together for me but yeah there are no there are no corpses, but that's probably because the Almighty didn't populate the city in his vision in this vision. He just wanted a symbol of the coming destruction. He didn't think Kolinar would fall to the Everstorm, but to the Voidbringers. Hmm. Right. Yes, the Stormfather said, the storm will be 
a catastrophe, but not nearly on the scale of what follows. You can find refuge from storms, son of honor. Not so with our enemies. So that, I think, is kind of telling us a little bit about the vague, not the vagueness, what's the right word, of the, vo- of the concept of the Voidbringers. That it is, it's eternal. It's, it's, like the, it's like the fall of man or something. It's the inevitability of, of our shortcomings, mm-hmm. of conscious beings. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, now that the monarchs of Rashar had refused to listen to Dalinar's warning that the Everstorm would soon strike, what else could Dalinar do? The real Kolinar was reportedly consumed by riots. The queen had gone silent. Dalinar's armies had limped away from their first confrontation with the Voidbringers, and even many of his own high princes hadn't joined him in that battle. Mm-hmm. And again, there we go. There's the I don't want to say flippant use, but but they it's, people are getting comfortable with referring to the Parshendi parchment as voidbringers, right? And that's 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 the thing that I don't that I don't like. I don't. Right. You don't have I, enough um, evidence yet to agree with that statement. As a fir- as first time, well, yeah, and and I I can understand it if you're living it. I guess it's yeah, I can understand that it's completely different, mm-hmm. but. The Veristatalian, like Yasna and Shalon, like those that study should have that, um, that, uh, you know, um, that it could always be wrong. Right. Right. It could be it, that there's a, there's, um, a piece can be always missing. A war was coming in awakening the desolation. The enemy had rekindled a millennia old conflict of ancient creatures with inscrutable motivation and unknown powers. Harold. Okay. We got to talk about this, Sean. This, mm-hmm. I think this is a big, mm-hmm. I just got goosebumps cause I'm, I'm thinking this is a, a clue here. Heralds were supposed to appear and lead the charge against the void bringers. Right. So let's just stop on that one sentence. If the Voidbringers are back, mm-hmm. as they are supposed to be, right. then we should already have the Knights Radiant trained by the Heralds. Right, they should have been, yeah. Which, which to me means that if, it's, if these, if these uh, old stories, or like, I don't know what you call it, there's, there's this vast history of the Heralds and the, um, the stories of the Voidbringers of old, if if it's true, if they're really back, if Backstreet's back, <laughs> all right, then yeah, all right. If Backstreet is back, if the Voidbringers are back, then there should already be the heralds. They shouldn't be in hiding. They shouldn't be vague. They, mm-hmm. Like, so we're we're getting comfortable with calling the people the Voidbringers, the Parshendi. We're getting comfortable with referring to our favorite characters as Knights Radiant, but. But if these old stories are true, then it, then the, the logic doesn't hold. It doesn't hold. Right. So the Knights Radiant should have already been in place, prepared and trained, mm-hmm. ready to face the enemy. They were supposed to be able to trust in the guidance of the Almighty, but instead, Dalinar had only a handful of new Radiants. Right. Okay, so I will say this. So, so, so this next sentence might dismantle all my, my thoughts here. Okay. Dalinar had only a handful of new Radiants, and there was no sign of help from the Heralds, and beyond that... The almighty God himself was dead. So it could be that I'm wrong about uh, that something's up, although I think something's up. But 
it could be that this moment in time in this saga in this world um that it's just different now that odium that they've accomplished something that maybe wasn't foretold like the death of god himself right so that wasn't something that could have been accounted for so maybe things are different the expectation that the heralds would be there and train and blah all this sort of thing maybe it's just we're in undiscovered territory that's exactly what my response to all this was going to be so this time around things are different all right so the natural order of how things were before were this yeah a desolation would happen right and then at the end of that desolation the void bringers would be quote unquote defeated the heralds would not be needed anymore they would go back to damnation Mm -hmm. and then they would be called back from damnation when the void bringers came back to train people to be Knights Radiance. That's like the cycle. Right. The cycle first gets broken when the Mm -hmm. Heralds decide not to go to Damnation. Taln has already died and gone to Damnation. There's no need for the rest of us to go. Let's break this stupid thing that we're doing. We're just going to stay. We're going to hide and we're just going to live our lives. And hopefully Taln being in Damnation will be enough to secure the Oath To secure it. Yeah. Right? So that's the first thing. So... Heralds are supposed to come back when the Voidbringers come back to train people. Well, right. heralds have already, uh, the, most of the heralds have already still been on Roshar. They haven't left. And the one that did leave right. did come back. Talm. Right. This he is, came yeah. back from damnation. If we want to believe, I, I, I always have to preface this. I don't know the preface this. I don't know why I do this, but I always do this that in case we, you know, if we believe that the madman is Talm. It seems like he's come back right, from damnation. Right. If, yeah. You know, yeah, he's yeah. come back from damnation. I get, you. I get you. Just like he's supposed to when the Voidbringers start coming back. Okay. The other right. thing that's different, and Dalinar says it right here in the text, what? that honor is supposed to be there to guide them. But, right. But honor is dead now. So Honor's things dead, are yeah. things are different than the way they're supposed to be. Right. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, that's. Um, okay. Your, 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 your thoughts and where you're heading here is not wrong, but that there are other factors as okay. well that could be making things slightly different than they've always yeah. been. Just in, so our in expectations a of yeah. okay. Knights Radiant, Voidbringers, Heralds, Gods, all that stuff. Things have been mixed mm-hmm. up. They're used to, they were used to a specific kind of formula over and over again. Yeah. And that formula is not the same now. Somehow Dalinar was supposed to save the world anyway. The ground started to tremble. The vision was ending with the land falling away. Atop the cliff, the Almighty would have just concluded his speech. A final wave of destruction rolled across the land like a high storm. (laughs) I couldn't help but think of the Pixies' wave of mutilation. (laughs) Um, A metaphor designed by the Almighty to represent the darkness and devastation that was coming upon humankind. Your legends say that you won. He had, he had said, but the truth is that we lost and we are losing. The Stormfather rumbled. It is time to go. No, Dalinar said, standing atop the rubble, leave me. But let me feel it. Mm-hmm. I think that's my, I might be my highlight. That's cool. Um, The wave of destruction struck, crashing against Dalinar, and he shouted defiance. 
I, I like it. He stands against what's coming. He's like Kolinar, right? Unmoving, right. You Out can in trust front. Him. Defying... You can trust him to be there. Well, the only thing is, is that, it's, you know, it's like stubbornness, right? It's, <laughs> it, um. I mean it more in the way that, like, you know, you, uh, Kolinar trusted in its enormous walls. You can trust in Dalinar. You know, the, you can trust right. in the Black Thorn to, to stand against well, Resolute. That remains to be seen. If we, I'm hoping that this book, I hope, I hope we get some of the black are, thorn. What are you, hold on. Are you saying that you can't trust Delinar? I'm, well, the, okay. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that there is, that Mr. Sanderson, Brandon, Mr. has given us a great mystery here. Several. Okay. You're right. We don't know. We, the, we, the black still thorn a lot is to an know. entirely. It, yeah, you're right, Sean. It could okay, be an entirely right. like this character could turn on a dime. I think with the uh, stories of the black thorn. I just thought that you know. I thought right? that we had built enough trust here that we didn't. No, have to no. Go. I, I, I mean, look. I'm trying I to like defend Navani at every turn. I don't want to have to do it with fucking Dalinar too. You know. No, no. no I'm just saying that the complexity. It's just. <laughs> Anyways, it's just I, I, I hard when a character... Say, there's a lot still unknown about Dalinar. Right. Like, like how, how, would, how would we feel if we find out that Dalinar was, you know, personally involved in the, like, complete um, destruction of the Parshendi? Representing great populations. Sub, like, like, what if he's responsible for, you know, utter madness in war? There's a reason they call him the the, like, the, the Blackthorn, and I they know. call him the Warmonger I, I, and the Warlord. Right. So right. Maybe we'll know a little so bit more about that. So it's kind of a bit rich. The, 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 the book. For, forgiveness, for, forgiveness is is uh, can be a nasty business, and and I mean that from like a first time reader perspective. Like, right. it's like you scratch the surface of a character, and then you find out about their past, and then you and then it alters your perspective. Mm-hmm. And now you have more to unpack and then you're trying to calculate the totality of the character. Like, is, is this character more, more good than, well, let me ask than, you a question and, and let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Are you more mm-hmm. sour or more sweet on Shalon now that you know that she literally killed both her parents? She literally did patricide and matricide. I, she killed her parents. And do you still trust her? to be the person that we can depend on going forward as a Night Radiant. Shalon's past, I, I, I chalk that up to um, tragedy. Right. It's just, it's just Shakespearean That's tragedy. how I feel too, it's but not, I just wanted to test this not, um, idea of yours of will a messy past change your outlook on a character if, if that is where we might be going with Dalinar which maybe you think so but if like a messy past changes how you think about them then maybe we should be thinking more negatively about Shalon but the problem is that the, or the, the solution here is is that we know no, I, now we know her saying I killed my father at the yeah. end of the first book we didn't know how it happened we didn't know the details and now that we know the details no. we realize how sad it was and that it was something that almost needed to happen in order for her to protect her brothers and that what happened with her and her mother she that was put in a bad she, situation as well that she had to do I know. so it's not like she went Let's out try. and killed them she was reacting right. to right. horrible situations that were happening so you're right Correct. details do matter so de- hopefully right. we'll get more details when it comes to the blackthorn I think my highlight 
with this chapter one, with Dalinar saying, let me feel it, what I wonder is, is let me feel the destruction because I deserve it. Hmm. Like a like little punishment? to his... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes, sometimes, like, how would I word it? Um, not self-loathing, but um, self-doubt or uh, feeling badly about yourself. Like sometimes... Sometimes the guilt is just good common sense. Right. Because of things that you've done. Because of the accountability and level of responsibility you take. Right. So Dalinar, I don't know, he, when he shouts, let me feel it, I just, I don't know. It's something about that. There, that I, I it, is, it is a really powerful, powerful. S- sentence. Really powerful four okay, words. Okay, uh, the blast. Yeah. <laughs> He faced it head on in the, na- in the blast of power that ripped apart the ground. He saw something, a golden light, brilliant yet terrible. So there we go. Mm-hmm. Brilliant yet terrible. Yeah. Like uh, was, what was the other phrasing? Beautiful yet. Or, Terrifying. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, standing before it, a dark figure in black shard plate. The figure had nine shadows, each spreading out in a different direction and its eyes glowed a brilliant red. Dalinar stared deep into those eyes and felt a chill wash through him. Oh man, I got goosebumps again reading this, because this is a, I love this, this little paragraph here. This actually might have to be my, my highlight. Though the destruction raged around him, vaporizing rocks, those eyes frightened him more. He saw something terribly familiar in them. See? See what I'm getting at? Oh, you think he's seeing himself? Yeah. Like the eyes frighten him more than this, than this, uh, er, than this Everstorm or this Cataclysm. And then of course, what frightens him the most is not necessarily the, the personification that is in front of him mm-hmm. with these nine shadows. Like, like those are details and those are extrapolations or, you know, but it's, it's looking, it's, it's looking into yourself. Right. Like, that's the most terrifying thing. The great, if, well, provided, of course, you take, uh, you take responsibility and accountability. That has to be in place. We're going to get a little bit of an explanation of what the shadows are here from the Stormfather in a second, so. This was a danger far beyond even the storms. This was the enemy's champion, and he was coming. Unite them. Quickly. Dalinar gasped as the vision shattered. He found himself sitting beside Navani in a quiet room stone room in the tower of Urthiru. Dalinar didn't need to be bound for visions any longer. He had enough control over them that he had ceased acting them out while experiencing them. I love that. Yeah. We talked about it earlier, but it just stresses it's, the thing that yeah, he's it's really much cool. more in control. Yeah, I love it. Mm-hmm. Sweat trickling down his face, heart racing. Navani said something, but for the moment he couldn't hear her. I underline this as well. Mm-hmm. When he's experiencing the visions, he's no longer hearing the Almighty. Right. So when he's coming out of this, Navani's speaking, but he can't hear her as, uh, either. Because he's still focusing on so, hearing I, the Almighty, because he's going to have I'm a just, he's going to have a mental conversation here with the Almighty, right? So he's trying to like block right. out. He's coming out of the vision, but he's also trying to block out um, her so that he can can stay in this yeah. like moment, almost this like dreamlike state. You know that moment when you wake up in the morning, and you're still kind of dreaming. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like lucid, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like I, I was just I was just drawing from it, thinking like, you know. Is that indicative that he's not 
he's not listening, will he not heed something from Navani that's important? Is he not heeding something important from the Almighty's voice? Or is it that by ignoring and not listening to those characters, is that the better path? Right. Anyways, I'll just I see, I see what you're saying. Things. What was that light I saw? He whispered. I saw no light, Stormfather said. And again, I'll come back here and I'll say, call the Stormfather what he was in Words of Radiance to me. A liar. All right. right? All right. I saw no light. D- Dalinar sees this. Dalinar saw this. He, it's not like he's making it up. No. Nope. He saw this. Mm-hmm. And if the and if this brilliant uh, how how is it described the Stormfather is this spren that's the you know most powerful or something in all of Roshar how was it described a little earlier in the, the most preface? powerful spren on on, on Roshar yeah well I saw no light okay it was brilliant and golden but terrible Dalinar whispered it it bathed everything in its heat odium the Stormfather rumbled the enemy. Hmm. Okay, so the god who had killed. So right, maybe maybe there's a moment here where Dalinar is able to see where the Stormfather mm. cannot. So he might be lying, but he also just might not a- be able to see what Dalinar experienced, like truthfully. Okay, because he is giving him responses yeah. here. Yeah, the force behind yeah, the you're right. Odium, the enemy. We're getting a little bit more clarity right. here. We're Earlier, we weren't sure what the, the, yeah. the forces that he was up against were, and this is giving us some idea of what he is up against. He's up against the enemy named Odium, the god who killed the Almighty, the force behind the desolations. Right. Now I'm starting to think that I may have harshly judged the Stormfather there. I saw no light. What if we just sort of conceptualize that and... It's like Dalinar is seeing light where there is none. Is and and if and if we're just talking about concepts, is Dalinar seeing light as in a source of good that really isn't there? Like the Stormfather is like there is no light there. Yeah, Dalinar. Yeah, like there is nothing good there. Right. But yeah. Dalinar sees no, I see a light. What you're saying that there's you know I mean? like a like, it's a matter of perspective. He's not not lying about the light. He's saying, yeah. I saw no light. I only saw Odium, the enemy." Right. But, but if Dalinar sees light, does that mean that, that there's a relationship between this shadow or this figure with the red eyes and the nine shadows and Dalinar? Is there something more to that? Mm, Well, nine shadows, Dalinar whispers, nine shadows, the unmade, his minions, ancient spren. All right. So the unmade, we already know two names of the unmade. We know uh, Nergaul, yep, and Moloch. Moloch. Yeah, One is right. the cause of the death rattles. The other is the cause of the thrill. Teravangian told us right. that in his more recent interlude at the end of Words of Radiance. Um, right. So the nine shadows that are attached to the champion are the right. unmade. These two we know are about and seven others we don't know about. So this has been something that's been kind of teased for us throughout these books. And now mm-hmm. we're getting a clearer picture of some of this stuff. They are his minions, his Odium's minions. Yeah. minions. They are ancient spren. This is really I have cool. to say with, with, with the nine, this is, it, it does for me, it brings up a little bit of Tolkien, right? Yeah. Like, 
nine ring wraiths in or terms whatever of the nine yeah yeah that's okay yeah. i mean all fantasy is derived mm. from it so of course it, there's some, oh, yeah. some similar similarities terrible spren who twisted the minds of men still those eyes haunted him as frightening as it was to contemplate the unmade he feared that figure with the red eyes the most odium's champion Okay, so this figure doesn't have a name yet. That no. th like this figure is not Odium. No, the 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 uh, the, the the man he saw that had the nine shadows, or the the figure he saw with the nine shadows yeah. attached, was yeah. Odium's champion, and he said he um, there was some kind of um, familiarity in the eyes. Right. So we don't. It's not. It's not. So Odium. hang on. The heat, the light he saw, the um, yeah, the it bathed everything in light. That's Odium. But the th figure he saw within that was the champion. Right. Because it says the wave of destruction yeah. hit. Okay, blah, but, blah, but blah. so we don't have a name for this champion then? No. Right now. We have no idea who this is or what it so is. So again, I'll, I'll throw it out there. Odium, this champion, like, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> I'll just throw it out there. Sorry, Man, I'm just, I'm just thinking out loud. Well, <laughs> uh, edit, delete, <laughs> backspace. Okay. Um, <laughs> let's rewind. Yeah. Um, uh, Dalinar, I, I'm just thinking is like Dalinar, like, you know, seeing himself in this champion, right? Right. Like, um, like an agent, you know, an agent of, o of Odium, like you're not in control, Eshenai, Stormform. You know, um, you know, the concept of the void bringer is just, you know, bringing out the worst in yourself. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Like it's bringing uh, out the, dude, the, there's so the many white, possibilities the line, right the now. White we're, spine or the, we're on the cusp of so much information and are we? Like, okay. well, things are like, like the more, the, like this, <laughs> I want more just information. This little, just this little <laughs> a conversation with the, the storm father is giving us so much information here, but it's also bringing up more questions like who's the champion and, yeah, and all this stuff. Right. Questions. So, yeah. Right. Dalinar blinks, looking to Navani, the woman he loved, her face painfully concerned as she held his arm. In this strange place and stranger time, she was something real, something to hold on to. A mature beauty, in some ways the picture of a perfect Voren woman. Lush lips, light violet eyes, silvering black hair in perfect braids, curves accentuated by the tight silk hava. No man would ever accuse Navani of being scrawny. I love this chapter, this description chapter here, because my yeah. hardcover version is slightly different. Mm -hmm. I read it a little slightly different than you. It says, oh. in this strange place, a stranger, in a stranger time, she was something real, something to hold on to. Not at all mm -hmm. anything to worry about or to be suspicious about, Jack. A mature beauty in some ways. <laughs> 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 nothing to nothing 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 to worry here. Okay, about yeah, or yeah. to be suspicious about you can you can trust her jack that's what it says in my book um you know what i think of that <laughs> <laughs> okay continue. Shut up. i just had to get that in there stop teasing me <laughs> look i'm allowed to yeah you're uh, you, you for sure pontificate I just, I, here you're allowed to do that and i'm allowed to do this this is how this thing works yeah yeah <laughs> okay. yeah all right all right all right, all right. <laughs> that's what it said you know what i would love it if it said that yeah it would be great um, Dal Dalinar, she asks, Dalinar, what happened? Are you well? I'm, he drew in a deep breath. I'm well, Navani, and I know what we must do. What? I have to unite the world against the enemy faster than he can destroy it. 
That's an interesting goal, mm-hmm. isn't it? Like you, you accept the entropy or the chaos that's coming, but you have to like build it faster than it's destroyed. Right. It's almost, it's almost like that's like the reality of the universe. Right. Like given the cosmic. I mean, you could say that about well, climate change. You could say that about no. like all these different things in our, in our world too, right? Yeah. You, like, have to, you have to stay ahead of the, of the destruction that's right. inherent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, Interesting. It's like trying to ski ahead of an avalanche. Yeah. It's like you have to keep building your Legos before, you know, your little sister comes and destroys and them. Destroys them. Yeah. This, that's a very <laughs> more simple way to say it, but yeah, for sure. Like mine did. That's what my sister did. Um, yeah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Actually, I'm not. Jackson, um, start crying. What I have, yeah, <laughs> my leg. Um, I have to unite the world against the enemy faster, and then it can destroy. It. He had to find a way to make the other monarchs of the world listen to him. He had to prepare them for the new storm and the void bringers. And barring that, he had to help them survive the effects. Mm-hmm. But if he succeeded, he wouldn't have to face the desolation alone. This was not a matter of one nation against the Voidbringers. He needed the kingdom of the world to join him. And he needed to find the Knights of Radiant who were being created among their populations and unite them. Dalinar, she said, I think that's a worthy goal, but Storms, what of ourselves? The mountainside is a wasteland. What are we going to feed our armies? I do like this coming from Navani. Yes, I will say a more that practical. That's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uniting let's, the world is a great idea. That's a really good idea. However, we don't have we have five potatoes to to feed you know a thousand people. So let's just chill out on the uniting right. the people first, chill. and let's <laughs> yeah, figure right. out how we're going to survive it. You know. Yeah, I yeah I, I this this I really do like from Navani, um, and it kind of speaks to. Uh, it kind of speaks to Lyft a little bit there, I find, again, too, in that, you know, Lyft is kind of like, yeah, but, you know, t- so after all the desolation and whatever, like, we, we still have to find out what's for, bre- for we breakfast still have to tomorrow eat. Yeah, exactly. You're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You no, know, that's right. Like, for sure. There's all this, all this grand, uh, all these grand stories and ideas and things, but uh, gotta make sure there's Pop-Tarts. Um, <laughs> what are we going to feed our armies? The Soul Casters. Yeah, but they'll run out of gemstones eventually, Navani says. And they can create only the basic necessities. Dalinar, we're half frozen up here, broken and divided. There's the chapter. There's our title of the chapter. Mm-hmm. Our command structure is in disarray. And it, he cuts her off by saying, peace, Navani. And he rises. He pulls her to her feet. I know. We have to fight anyway. She embraced him. He held to her, feeling her warmth, smelling her perfume. She preferred a less floral scent than the other women. A fragrance with spice to it, like the aroma of newly cut wood. Sorry, um, so I, I had to stop here because what? Her <laughs> fragrance smells like newly cut wood. I think I have one up here. Actually, I have a I have a, that solid cologne that actually smells like newly cut word, wood. Wood really? On my shelf over there. Oh. I would. Yeah. Uh, I'd rather uh, newly grown wood. Am so I, I, right? ha- I have. Am Nibani's. I have right? oh. What's that? Nothing. Never mind. It's making a wood joke. Okay. Um, <laughs> I have Navani's perfume. Okay, look, I want to stop here for a second because I'm going to make a little prediction on this too. All right. My, my prediction is that the time to t- that Mr. Sanderson has mm-hmm. gracefully taken to, to give us the details, if you will, on this fragrance of hers, I think it should, I'll just say the word should, it should come up again. Okay. 
it's a nice little it's a nice little drop to say fragrance with spice newly cut wood somewhere in the rest of this book could be a little detail like the the scent of freshly cut wood or something like that which could mean that Navani I'm just right. I'm just saying you that as an here, author everyone you heard it here Bread we are crumbs. officially on wood watch we are going to be <laughs> Waiting for spicy, spicy, wood. spicy perfume. Wood watch. Yeah, yes, we are that's every right. chapter. Correct. Wood, wood, wood. Yeah, we're gonna actually open the new theme song. Is gonna be Wood by Alice in Chains. A different kind of wood. Okay, I don't all right. Know. Um, all right. <laughs> we can do this. He told her, "My tenacity, your brilliance. Together, we will convince the other kingdoms to join with us. They'll see when the storm returns that our warnings were right, and they'll unite against the enemy." We can use the Oath Gates to move troops and to support each other. The Oath, gate, the oath Gates, Ten Portals, Ancient Fabrials, Gateways to Urethiru. So hang on, one question there. Mm-hmm. These large Fabrials, yeah. these Oath Gates, so there's a Spren trapped? Um, if they, uh, if they the are truly are Fabrials, which they seem to be, yeah, then there would be. Huh. Interesting that too. Mm-hmm. This is a good point, maybe to flip back to the uh, the picture of the oath gates. Okay, and then just like kind of just look at these cities here. Um, mm-hmm. the, uh, the this great thing that he's about to say is that there are um, ten oath gates, ten portals, ancient fabrials were gateways to our theory. When a night radiant activated one of these devices, people standing on the uh, upon the surrounding platform were brought to our yep. appearing on a similar device on this side. The only uh, uh, they only had one pair of oath gates active now. So the one here in right. uh, um, in Urthiru and the one Urthiru. on Rack on uh, uh, in the uh, Shattered Plains. The Shattered Plains. Yeah. So if we yeah. were to look at this picture, which is really cool, there are tons of other ones that we can we can look. Yeah. Kolinar has one. So Kolinar is in disarray right now, right? It has one. Vadenar has one. The Reshi Isles seem to have one on Kurth. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Which is really cool. Um, I don't yeah. really know where Kurth is. I, I kind of wish we knew what the name of the isle that Risen went to. Maybe it's Kurth. Maybe it's not. I don't know. But there is one of these places in the Reshi Isles has one, which is neat. Um, Barbatharnum is uh, Panthum, which is where the, the, the Oathgate is. In Erie, mm-hmm. Erie is where um, Yim was. This is where the people with the golden yes. hair. So Ral Elarim, mm-hmm. that city. Shinovar does not have one labeled. Well, I thought it did. Well, right here on this on this map, it doesn't, right? It doesn't say. Shinovar has no labeling of where it might be. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Shinovar, a very, uh, very uh, mysterious place. So Amia, which is um, uh, an island mm. off the coast, has one. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Azir is the city of Azimir, which is where the Bronze Palace is. And then mm-hmm. Thalina. Yeah, I love that. Thalin City, which is the um, the other island, um, con- the little island uh, area off of the coast of the Frosted Lands, where uh, Shalon made landfall when the boat sunk. So, yeah, it's a mm-hmm. really neat. And then the, you have Urthiru right in the middle, this really cool high tower um, that seems to be in the middle of Al Roshar. It's uh, it's really awesome. Yeah, so it looks like they have to unlock both sides before the favor right, will work. Right. So, hang on. So, so what that means then is that somebody had unlocked the other side in Urethiru. Right. 
So that was unlocked. Otherwise, it was, Shalon would not. Yep, it was already unlocked. You're totally right. So, so by whom? We don't know. Now, they can just okay. sit here and unlock all of them from this side now that they're at Eorthiru. Just get Shalon or Kaladin or, um, I guess, uh, right. Renarin or Dalinar. Um, although Dalinar can't do it because he doesn't have a blade. He can't turn the Stormfather into blade, I don't know, I don't think. At least he can't, he doesn't know how to do that or, or, or whatever. But either one of the ones that can turn their, their spread into a blade can unlock into all blade, of the, yeah, can unlock it. all of the oath gates on this side of Urethiru. And then they just have to send a Knight Radiant to unlock the gates in all these other cities. It's pretty cool. All right. She said, we'll do it. Somehow we'll make them listen. Even if they've got their fingers planted firmly in their ears. Makes one wonder how they manage it, with their heads rammed up their own backsides. <laughs> he smiled, and suddenly thought himself foolish for idealizing her just earlier. Navani Colin was not some timid, perfect ideal. She was a sour storm of a woman, set in her ways, stubborn as a boulder rolling down a mountain and increasingly impatient with things she considered foolish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's. Great. I'm using this as our um, our dramatic read for this episode. I love I love these two oh, par- yeah? these two paragraphs here. He loved her the most for that, for being open and genuine in a society that prided itself on secrets. She'd been breaking taboos and hearts since their youth. At times, the idea that she loved him back seemed as surreal as one of his visions. Mm-hmm. I would. Pause there and go back to my crazy theories, of course, to pile on. She'd been breaking taboos and hearts since their youth. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, you know, if she breaks taboos and continues to do so, then she breaks hearts well, she, and continues She's She's to breaking do so. a taboo being with Dalinar right now. You're not supposed to date your brother-in-law. I'm just brother saying that after your husband heartbreak... Dies. Heartbreak between Navani and Dalinar, I think, is more than, more than possible, and even in some ways, because of this in the text, probable. Why mention breaking hearts? Because it means she was awesome in her youth. I don't know. She dude. broke his heart. I, I think she broke his heart back then too by no, choosing I, Gavilar, right? I I'm hoping that this book deals with a lot of Dalinar his cryptic past um or is it go- well it's going to be dealing with this text the oathbringer and will we get i get you can't answer any of these questions nope, i can't <laughs> i i just want to know i want to know nice try though yeah okay all right just got to do the work got to read it um loved her the most yeah it's great a knock came at the door Navani called to have the person enter one of the one of the dalinar scouts poked her head in what he demanded sir there's been an incident a corpse discovered in the corridors dalinar felt something building an energy in the air like the sensation of lightning about to strike mm-hmm. who high prince toral sadius sir he's been murdered that's the end of chapter one yeah buddy what a good way to end so it. So good. Yeah, it's so good. 
it's like a it's a what really nice happen reminder. Between father and son? You're like, oh yeah, uh, Eshenai's in um, uh, uh, Kolinar at the feast. She's in, you know, she's kind of involved in Gavilar's death. Dalinar, he's got all con- this control with his uh, visions. It's so cool. And you're like, yep. oh right, that's right. Adolin killed Sadius in the last book. That's right. Right. <laughs> And then I know, here right? comes the it's, fallout it's a nice, of everything, right? Like, shit. It's a nice way to remind the reader, like, oh, yeah, we ended on... Right. That, that's where we really ended. Yeah. 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 Don't remind me yeah. right away. Just remind me a little bit into the way. Like, just, you know, give me a couple chapters mm-hmm. first to, to enjoy where we're at and go, oh, shit, now, mm-hmm. now I have to be stressed out about this whole thing. <laughs> yeah. What's your, uh, <laughs> what's your highlight for this chapter? I like that Navani um, uh, reveal at the end that Dalinar thinks uh, about her. Like, you know, I, I'm speaking her in ideals. I really like that. Um, it's got to be let me feel it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got to be when he faces it and the my, my, my guesses as to why he wants to feel it. Um, atonement for the sins of his past. Mm-hmm. I, um, mine was, um, going to be highlighting how Dalinar has already in only six days kind of started, um, flexing his new powers by, you know, repeatedly being able to change the visions or go into them and have them when they want mm-hmm. and all this stuff. But I'm going to change yeah. my highlight to let me feel it. You made a really good oh, argument. Yeah. It's great. Oh. It's, um, it, uh, it's perfect actually. It's great. Let me feel it. Yeah. I don't know. There's something, something there. Um, and I'm hoping that we get more of his backstory in this, in this book. Mm -hmm. It would seem appropriate because of the title. Yeah. So do we, do we know how long Oathbringer has been in his possession as a weapon? Um, we don't know that. We don't know. And it's not in his possession anymore because it was in Sadius' possession and, and, um, And Adolin tossed it out into a planter. Right. So it's in no one's (laughs) possession right now. It's in, it's in a planter. Mm -hmm. That's that's fun yeah it's just hanging out yeah in an old plant hanging out yeah um so yeah i guess so, it's time for buddy, our we, uh our info dump uh we want to give a big thanks yeah, to, let's, um, yeah let's get to the info. to uh, buzzkill joe for the uh the info dump um i gave him mm-hmm. literally like you know 36 hours notice that we were going to be doing this pod um unfortunately our recording schedule is a little <laughs> wonky right now but um we are going to make it work as much as we can and so we thank him mm-hmm. for putting in the work um uh Gitgeth is one of the uh, parshendi that we meet mm. in the first uh, pro in the prologue clade is another and he's one of the fives he's the one who ends up buying zeth buying zeth mm. yeah um there's all kinds of yeah. beautiful artwork and uh, architecture in kolinar that gets mentioned um we have mention of the old rhythms and some of the old rhythms that we've heard of so far in these books are awe excitement curiosity peace pleading mm-hmm. skepticism appreciation anxiety consolation praise terrors reprimand and mourning so he gave us a nice little mm-hmm. list of some of the stuff nice that we've um cool. that we've heard before and um we there is a little bit of a list of the new rhythms that Eshenai experiences in her interlude chapters and in words of radiance but we don't have a list for that right now but this is a good idea right. this is just a nice way of being able to see what these people were like before these changes um, right. And then what else do I have here? Hold on. I just lost my page. Um, we have, oh, we have the prototype heating Fabriel, which is 
you know, uh, an awesome oh, yeah. highlight for this yeah. episode that we have this it tiny is. little thing that only gives off a little bit of heat, but eventually yeah. Navani and her Becomes scholars a, are going to make it into a, yeah, yeah, an actual thing, which is really, really yeah. cool. I, I, I really like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so the other th- major thing that we got is kind of got a, a little bit of more of explanation of how a fabial works. There is a spren mm-hmm. trapped inside the, 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 the gemstone, um, like Eshenai says, just like a gem heart. So really, really yeah. interesting that we find yeah. out that not only are fabrials these magic items, but that this is how the, that this is how the forms changing works for the, the listeners. They trap a spren inside their gem heart, and that's how they're able to change form. And so Fabrials is kind of like reverse engineering their power structure into these magic items. So it's really, really neat. Mm. Yeah. Um, What else do we have here? Um... uh, I was just going to bring up the, like, can can Clade show the receipt on... uh, (laughs) on Zeth <laughs> from the sale and be like, like anytime like Zeth steps that line, just show the receipt and go, uh, look dude, like I own you. I, so yeah. Like, what's going on here, doing... dude? Um, um, so there's a little bit of, um, there's a little bit here on the storm father. He was a, a strange being somehow connected to the dead God, but not exactly the same thing as the, uh, the almighty, which is, which is a little bit interesting. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Buzzkill Joe here has, um, the, the line perfect Voren woman, according to Dalinar, um, a perfect Voren right. woman is supposed to have lush lips and violet eyes, silver, black hair. This is a, kind of his, um, description of Navani. And then he mm-hmm. later on, mm-hmm. um, kind of says as if I was even just thinking about that, about her, she's much more than that, which yeah. is really, really great. Um, I like how we go from lush lips to a boulder. Yeah. I love that. And it seems like most, um, uh, Voren women have a floral scent to their perfume, whereas Navani <laughs> seems to have one that has a little bit more spice to it. Um, spice. Like a newly yeah. cut wood. Yeah. So this is, um, all mm-hmm. we have for the, um, info dump. So thank you again to Buzzkill Joe. Um, Mm -hmm. this is the very end of the episode, everyone, as we always do at the end of the episode, I would really like to thank the Patreon team. We only get this done and we only have, um, uh, the, the right motivations to do this because of our Patreon team. They give us such inspiration. They're inspiration sprint. Let's be honest. Um, they, they give us, they, they're, you guys are so (laughs) awesome. So in order, we don't want to trap them and put them inside of devices. (laughs) Right. We don't, we definitely don't want to trap them in a gem heart. I don't think Although that would be really awesome. To have a little Ari Zoo uh, trapped in my gem heart. You're like, hey, we don't talk to you enough, Ari Zoo. Can you just Hi. come out and play? Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, but uh, I'd like to go through the list of patrons. Uh, we have some new people on here, so we'd like to say hi to Jamie Piga and Kaboost Varshni, Asaf Masia, Ian Henry, Zane Jeffries, Atza, Waterman85, Daniel Aldridge, JS, Joseph Sherry. Jacqueline de la Roca, man, I love saying that name. John Kurth, <laughs> Kunal Shadri, Automatic Bear, Ryan Shea, Amigo Cat, Scorpio 245, Sandra G, Stephen Coolia, Shaniti, James Wallace, Michael Coling, Grant Hoffmeister, Yerian, Chloe Lewis, Kyle Wilson, Tony Hernandez, Jesus Rocho, Sarah Marshall, Dark Moon Nightness, Milan Radnovich, um, Genevieve Blanc, Zachary Lindo, Brian Taylor, Dana Gustafson, Jesse Fay, 
Uh, Cannoli, Jaden Guerra, Ryan Phillips, Savotka Art, Sarah Six Seven Seven, Sarah Slagle, C Carr, Tom Gonzalez, Mark Pinto, Maria Verum, Lawrence Bradley, Cody Logan, Jonathan Whittington, Tommy Turpin, Itzizer, Julia Peeble, Justin Elliott, Laura, Kevin Friede, Chris Wally, Omni Orcus, Alec Guerin, James Johnson, Andrew Woods, James M., Valkov Marin, Chelsea Walker, James Pryor, Chad Kirkman, Christopher Bagley, Megan Lloyd, Richard Featherson, Ilya Surden, Daniel Lee, Elvira, Denver Rose, David Clamage, Andrew S., Pac-Man in Idaho, Jason Stock, Ashlyn Lee, Anna P., Pat Bevins, Thomas Kovar, Matthew Eaton, Cosette, James Reed... <laughs> Jean-Marc David, Steph Baum, Alex Trant, Joey Willman, Je- Christopher Jack, Ratman, P. Flume, Brandon Comer, Jasper, Silver Lumos, Joshua, Nasala, Ryan, Josh, Alexander, Janzi, Wick. Man, this long, list is getting long. Joseph Mungoya, <laughs> Daniel Witten, <laughs> Werewolf Will, John M., Jake DeFeo, Robert Goble, My Mom Sue, Ari Zhu, Bruce Rogers, Joel Hayes, Don Chalice, Mr. Murasami, Christian Papi, no, 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 Jack's no. wife, Linda, <laughs> and our best friend, Mike. So thank you to everyone who is part of the Patreon team. If you are interested in the Patreon team, you should go to patreon.com slash heroes of. We actually just started something new today where every time we record, mm. Jack and I are going to let people from the Discord server, and you can only get that Discord link if you join the Patreon team, to sit in on our recording and listen to us as we do it. They're going to get to see how things work behind the curtain, which is, I think, a little cool little thing a little fly on the wall thing they're gonna have to hear us you know um clear our throat and break for coffee and and all these like fun Mm -hmm. little behind the scenes things um this is the kind of content that you can receive if you join patreon.com slash heroes of more coughing more uh, more coffee time um (laughs) (laughs) one inch of extra coffee uh coughing every time you join the patreon team um but thank you very much for everyone who uh, is a supporter we uh really appreciate it and uh we love you so much um if you want to uh reach out to us you can do so at heroes of at gmail.com you can check out our twitter at heroes of one our instagram at the storm pod um um, also make sure to join up on the subreddit, the storm pod or the Facebook page, if that's where you, uh, uh, lurk. So thank you very much everyone for, um, reaching out, you know, these past few years on online and just being kind of active in the community. It's super fun for us to, uh, to get responses. So, um, thank you so much for listening today, Jack, dude, chapters two <laughs> and three next two and three yeah, coming up. Yeah, Let's do this. All right. Thanks everyone for listening. We love you very much till next time. Take care, everybody. The Storm Pod is brought to you by Heroes of. Music and theme song by Jack Forrest Productions. Additional music by Jason Moray. Produced by our wonderful Patreon team and the Heroes of Akathra. Um, so are you, you ready to go, dude? Yeah, I'm ready as I'm oh, going shit, to Oh, shit, I'm not even uh, ready. Hold on, I don't even have my notes up. Ah! New okay. things. Hold on, hold yeah, on. Yeah, go hold for on. it. New things, new things. Well, I'm going to, they're, they're getting the, the unedited version here. Like, like I said, I'm already halfway through this cup of coffee. I'm going to be stopping to go get more. Well, so. you let me know as soon as you need to, so I, um, we can work that into I the should... show. Let's take Let's a quick try break to do the so prologue Jack can first go, and then <laughs> go refill his and Now a word from our, from our coffee, uh. <laughs> Our coffee expert. (laughs) A word from our coffee.
think our opening should be, oh my God, they're back again. <laughs> no, please. Please don't do that. No one, wa- no one wants that. No one wants I want Backstreet's back. <laughs> These people on. don't pay harder money Storm to, to watch us. back. <laughs> no, please. The more you do it, the more I like it. It's like a Renarin voice. I just, yeah. the more it's you like insert Ren- Backstreet oh, yeah. Boys into this show. Yeah. Um, okay, hold on. I'm ja- jabbering away okay, here. Let's and I gotta go. Get my notes let's going. go. No, stop. Slow down. Slow down. This is gi- this gives dude. us time to warm up our voices too, which is part of uh, our, <coughs> our routine. Oh, I could do some of my 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 old vocal exercises. Ah, ooh, eh, oh, e. Yeah, I'm gonna do some popcorn. Any of those out there? Bom bom bom. Okay. Shit, man. Oathbringer, dude. <laughs> 